in college who hated rhythmic gymnastics. Because it's also stupid. With the, with the ribbons and the... It's totally dumb. But it's, he would get, he would literally get angry. Well, because why the fuck is there a sport with, like, ribbon dancing? Why are there millions of people watching somebody dance with a... Why is that an accomplishment? I don't want to live in a world where ribbon dancing can't be considered a sport. But why is it an accomplishment to dance with the ribbon? Can you do it that well? <laughs> Wait, there's well? Like, there's there's good ribbon yeah. dancing? Yeah, it is hard to judge exactly dancing? what's what, yeah. You know, I'm willing to bet that if we asked you to do a ribbon dance, it would not be as good as those girls' ribbon dances. Uh, but I, I, I am suggesting that all ribbon dancing is sucky. All of it. There is no, there's no you just quality. Gotta, you but just what about, okay, 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 okay. Ribbon dancing is bullshit. We've agreed on this. Right. <laughs> With the ball? <laughs> That's the shit. <laughs> when you bring the ball in, it's a game to you have to throw yourself on the ball, shape yourself to the ball. The ribbon, you're just forcing your own will, whatever. This ribbon, I the ribbon is whatever you thought. I think it's all fucking creepy. The ball could not give a fuck. It's all creepy. All right, I will say men's gymnastics floor routines are amazing because those are acts of Yours. Floor right. routines are the stuff without like all the equipment. Yeah, yeah. It's just no, like you're, you're just, just running around. across the floor and doing like quadruple sex. Like, I guess this is the podcast. The I guess it's <laughs> recording now. Hello, this is welcome to the uh, Friday, July twenty seventh episode 27th. of two thousand twelve episode of the Boy Howdy Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Bill Mudrin. Oh, am I supposed to? Say- <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you. Or I want you two guys. I hope that this not be the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> this is great. I love media res. Uh, podcast openings. <laughs> voice you heard with Dylan McCoyish. And I'm Katie Lane. Katie Lane! Woo! Bill's voice is muffled because it is full of cookies. I'm trying to stay away from the microphone while I'm chomping. Whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> Bill, it wouldn't be this podcast without the sound of you chewing on something. <laughs> I get hungry! I'm a lot because when I work, I don't eat a lot, but I just nibble on things all day. Going three hours? Wait, how long is podcast? Two hours? Hour and a half? Hour long? It is sometimes three hours. Till midnight. Yeah! Yeah. Oh, you drink. Bill went, yeah! <laughs> Annie Maloney is dead. Uh, she's not here for the podcast. She went away. So this is why we have our two lovely guests, uh, Katie and Dylan, here to talk about. Eventually, we're going to talk about stuff about Star Trek. Because Dylan, or Annie suggested, it wasn't even my idea. Annie was just like, you know what? I'm going away next week. Fine, you, you guys have can another three-hour podcast where you talk about nothing but how hot Star Trek characters are. She can't tolerate. That's one one of the few geeky things Annie just can't even begin to tolerate. No, it's you know, like, like other it's, stuff. She'll kind of like. It's like you were married to somebody who has a very specific food allergy. Yeah. And so whenever they go out of town, they're like, "Sweetie, go ahead, go nuts, have all the shellfish you like." <laughs> and that, that's what this is. Right. Which there's the no, shellfish episode. The there's no particular reason for us to be talking about Star Trek now, other than like the first uh, was it the first season of Star Trek: Next Generation just came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, but you. We watched an episode, and it's like, there's not much to talk about. We watched the shittiest fucking episode. We it just finished fantastic. it five minutes ago. It was so much better than ribbon dancing or that ball <laughs> thing. I can't even tell you. See, I was going to make the connection by saying that in Annie's mind, in the geek universe, Star Trek is the ribbon dancing. It is. No, yeah. Well, there's no punching. When everyone, someone punches, it's always like an open-palmed, like, Face smack. Yeah, they're, they're, it's not. It's like it's girls fighting in middle school. Yeah, are, are the fight coordination. Star Trek, even at its most badass, is not very rugged. No. It's it's a lot of effeminate men in gray makeup, like open palm smashing. Yeah, there's each other's a lot faces. of leaping away from when you're pushed. Yeah, yeah. in glittery or purple outfits. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of being thrown backwards. 
<laughs> and then falling once and being down. Like, yeah. you're out for the count. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're gonna have your to get, body weight fell on the ground. You're going to have to get revived by somebody <laughs> in, in sick bay just because someone kind of pushed you over. Well, yeah. in, in the future, they don't have calcium, so everybody's bones are oh, very brittle. That's it. This is yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, what, the, what, who fights for the uh, Dominion? The, gem, the, the rhino gem guys, Hardar. Jim Hardar, they get the calcium shit medicine all the time, Ketris, so they can actually the fight. Ketrosol yeah, whites. but that just turns out just actually just calcium. It's it's just like, what are the pills you take, old people take to make sure their hips don't break when they fall at the movies? That's what they're eating. <laughs> and just ground up uh, chalky tabs. I like the specificity of at the movies. Do you ever see Mad? Like, uh, like this grandmother just is like, well, I'm going to go see that Batman movie. Better take my pill. Uh, it was one time I spilled my soda at, at the theaters and the ambulance had to be called and I didn't want to tell people it was my soda. So, yeah. Are you for real? Maybe. Oh my God. <laughs> Who am I going to tell? Yeah, the one time I made someone fall down at the movie theater. It was because you spilled your soda. Uh-huh. I once gave somebody. Old person. It was an old. I, yeah. I have a history. Of was there an am- did an ambulance come to take this person? Yes. What did you see, Batman Forever? <laughs> oh wow, Batman Forever too. That That's was not a, an old person gets their shoes up to Batman Forever. It was a terrible day for that person because a they saw Batman <laughs> Forever and b they broke a hip. Well, did they did they fall on the way out of the movie or yeah. was it like going to the bathroom? It was, in the middle it, was of the movie? it was out of the, everyone walking out of the movie at the end because okay. I spilled my soda towards the end and this person <laughs> slipped on it and he shot. My friends and I were walking out there. We see the ambulance pulling up. What am I gonna say? Like, how am I gonna help the situation? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sorry, I spilled the soda, and like, yeah. just walk out in shame. So I, I probably shaved a couple of years off of some old person's life with a trip to the hospital. Oh, wow, I feel a lot better about the time I gave somebody on an airplane an allergic reaction. Wait, how'd you do that? That's Would you open up a bag of Reese's pieces? No, no, I had, I put some perfume on my wrist, oh. and all of a sudden, why this did you put just... perfume on your wrist on an airplane? They were dry. <laughs> they were dry? I can't remember. You have dry wrists? I can't. Oh, you should have heard Dylan today talking about the parasites, and she was on Pinterest. So Dylan has turned into a 50-year-old woman now. <laughs> what were you doing on Pinterest? I will tell you. Uh, I encounter more interesting book titles uh-huh. online than I can ever possibly remember, because you know that my you memory is... you have a Pinterest account? No, I do not. Okay. I'm I, looking it up, I though. was going to... Somebody suggested... Concerned. Somebody suggested that a good use for Pinterest is actually just to keep track of interesting sounding books, huh. which I, I I thought was an interesting application I, of an otherwise kind of. How did you end up looking at Pinterest today? Somebody suggested it to that's me. That's it. Yeah. No, don't 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 give in. Evernote is just as good. Okay. And you can clip things really easily. The hell's Evernote? Evernote. It's just like a big remembering notebook, things remembering app. thing app. Oh, okay. But you can you can install it on your browser and then just like clip a web page. Well, you should do that then. Dylan today was trying to figure out like yeah you're trying to find out the thing that lets you collect the uh, book ideas. Yeah, I, and, and I have, that's like, a good idea. Yeah. I have different notebooks for like for work and for writing. And this for... is the most interesting thing that's the internet totally... has ever heard. Well, about I was <laughs> I just downloaded the shit out of it. Really. Uh, what, edit the what, how do you podcast? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'll put some stupid Star Wars special effects into this podcast, but right. I won't actually slice anything out. So this Sorry, this internet. week this week. Uh, Geek News. Tell us what happened. We don't know who we are. I'm Bill Mudrin. Everyone knows if you're listening to this, you know what I do. Dylan McConus, you're what? Well, introduce yourself to the people. Why are you on this podcast? Why should we care about your opinions about eventually Star Trek? Well, you shouldn't. I'm the annoying friend who comes onto the podcast when Annie is out of town. Yes. Uh, people are going to begin to think that you are Annie. Just come back and like... It's true. Wow, Texas. 
Your other kid is Annie. Sailors. <laughs> That's my Annie impression. That was really bad. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt. Woo! Yeah. Mass Effect. That's better. Yeah! And cats. Ah. Actually, I could probably host this podcast by myself as Annie. And do like both a split voices. Part, yeah, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Wow. I've got the uh, boobs for it. I'm. <laughs> I would like to see that very much. Do you? Yeah. I would like to see the Bill Mudderin Talks with Bill Mudderin podcast. <laughs> Bill Mudderin's getting up and taking off his shirt, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, no. What, no! What, what have I done? You have done an awful thing. Oh, I don't God. even know what he's done yet. Oh, oh, my God. So, Bill is now in his closet, and he's digging through his clothes. He's gone into the bathroom. I Should we leave? I think... Do we want to be here when he comes back? I don't know. I'm very concerned. This is not going to work. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, Wow, no, you! I try to give myself boobs. You put fake now boobs you in just your shirt. Like <laughs> now I just look like Santa Claus. Yeah, now it looks like you have an intestinal oh, this is condition. <laughs> now I have a thing for my hands to rest on. I put a shirt in my shirt. From yeah. what I've heard, that's the one advantage of pregnancy is that you have a nice little shelf. Yeah, a little shelf. Because yeah. even if you're fat, the the, the pregnant belly, the fat belly isn't like starting off to put stuff. Doesn't on. have that that nice firmness. Yeah. I, I think this could be a real. This could be a winner. This is it. Sell this it as shelf belly. Yeah, this could be like a place to set your hands. Oh, I'm gonna burp myself. This Excuse could me. be the new slanket. Burp. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we were talking about your Katie Lane. You're from what? Uh, I'm from across the street. Yeah! Um, Talk about Work Made for Hire. I write a blog called Work Made for Hire. Uh, It's workmadeforhire.wordpress.com right now. Yeah. Um, That's all about negotiation advice for freelancers and artists. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. I like it. And incidentally, you had a wonderful post today that, uh, as its gimmick took... uh, Gimmick? That was serious. I know, I suggested it. Uh, Took uh, Ferengi rules of acquisition. Yeah, that was fantastic. And then explained how it is actually good advice. It's actually good negotiation. I was actually surprised when you you suggested the the post of going through the rules of acquisition to mostly to please Erica Moen. Um, And as I was going through it, I was actually surprised. I was like, this isn't really bad advice. No, no, it's pretty good. You'll have to write a book. It's better than what you learn in a Six Sigma course. It really is. Yeah. It's better than most of the shitty little web sites on, on the internet that will make you rich in 10 days or Maximize less. Maximize your networking Man! potential. Do they have any bras in my size? No. I'm thinking about investing, maybe. Don't. They would be expensive. Stop. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, they get more expensive the bigger they are? I guess that makes sense. Well, like, yeah, the, big, the bigger the bra is, the fewer are, that are made. And so they're more expensive. What do you think bras are like in the Star Trek universe? You should ask Deanna Troy, made of denim. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, no, on the, yeah, on the Blu-ray they just came out this week, they talk about how her outfit in the first season, yeah, just... Yeah, that it's whole... A, it's a cat suit made out of denim. Yeah, that it dark looks blue jumpsuit. shit. Yeah, and now that it's in HD, you can really tell. Was Deanna hot... When you say hot, like, you know, physically hot, not I that mean you're physically like, oh, yeah, hot, I want to tap that. Not overheated hot. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to tap that denim-encased ham. Oh, she's not that. That's a shit. No, but that's what butts look like. Kind of look like. <laughs> if you got a big enough butt. Okay. My boobs. Yeah, you need to take out your fake boobs down, Phil. It's kind of freaking me out. Start lactating. No. Please, God. <laughs> what? Do I have fake boobs on my own podcast? Bill, no one at home can see. I still have living relatives, and some of them follow me. You on know Twitter. what? You know what? If uh, if there's a week I'm not on the podcast and Annie's here, mm-hmm. Annie has told permission to uh, dress up in a fat suit and pretend to be me. Okay, mm, right. Okay, yeah. I'll pass that along to her. So yeah, she can touch with whoever did the Michael Jackson or the the bad view with the 
with Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al. Just saying. Wow. It's okay. All what? Right. That would be a visual prank worth investing in for a podcast. Actually, the internet. Internet. you should all dress up in bad suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Interesting give- narrative choices. <laughs> like, the, there's a storyline in, in Linda Medley's black and white comic, Castle Waiting, where all the female characters dye their hair red. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which... Doesn't really come across super great in a black and white line art. Comic. Did she actually change the way she draws the hair? Yeah, just like the 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 lines on the hair become slightly like broader, but yeah. that's that's about it. And you know, the character's like, "What do you think?" To the male character, oh, I remember that. And it's kinda... and sort of, as a reader, you're like, "Wait, what? What happened?" I don't. I'm confused. What's going on? Yeah. So Tasha Yar was an ogo, is what you're saying? I didn't like Tasha Yar. I guess I don't, what... I don't understand why everybody. Like, thought she was the bee's knees. I, uh, yeah. You know, she died in the show when I was still quite a tiny person, so I just thought of her as the nice lady who was killed by the garbage bag. But she wasn't even really nice. As someone, well... That was a horrible death. Like, that was stupid Being death. shot by a garbage bag slime monster. Yeah, it is nice to see a main character get killed off in the same it's way true. a red shirt normally it's would. It's true. I yeah. feel like maybe the producers were a little, were a little angry with her. A little bit yeah. pissed. Yeah. Well, because she wasn't even around for... I forgot. I thought we thought she left, like, in the middle of the second season or something. Uh-huh. She didn't last out the whole first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. She, she must have only, like, filmed, like, like two or three episodes yeah, before she decided, fuck it, I want her out of She was off to be uh, rich and famous. Yeah. And that's what we were talking... Were we talking about this? About how, um... You and I were talking about how oh uh, on this on this Blu-ray they talk mm-hmm. about this other guy that they almost cast as Captain Picard, and you know it's you, you it's it's easy to feel bad for people who get typecast in Star Trek yeah. because you think well what could they have done if they had been anchored to this huge franchise that kind of you know cast a shadow over the rest of their lives and you find out the people who were almost cast in these uh, in, mm-hmm. in Star Trek they never leave interesting acting lives you never hear about any of these people it's people who are just washed up and they just don't have Star Trek to fall back on Yeah. so the people are like oh Star Trek was a pox on my life I'm like fuck you you get, oh, yeah. you get speaking money for going to conventions and shit. The, this one actor who was almost cast as the Picard character, his name is Stephen Macht. Yeah. And uh, he, he gave a little interview talking about what the experience was like mm-hmm. and how he didn't feel like the way the character was depicted was a good fit for the kind of character he liked to play. Basically said, well, Picard was already too, had too much of his shit together and wow. I prefer to play more flawed characters. Yeah, it's just so guy Basically, the guy didn't like taking risks. I guess yeah. so. He I never took so. risks well, the funny, and he never did anything else. No, but else. here's the thing. I was like... I bet this guy's been on an episode of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> Went to IMDb. Sure a goddamn no. <laughs> the funny thing is, this guy's like potato face, and he's from like New Jersey or something like that. Yeah, you can't understand how he was competing with Patrick Stewart for any role, huh. much less coming down to being like the being last... Being a captain? Yeah, he was going to play Jean-Luc Picard. But he's like this, he's not he's like... He's sort back. of a handsome, young, Italian tough. Yeah, he looks like he could have been an extra in Goodfellas, but not like the captain. Yeah, he, he, maybe he is a great actor, I don't know. But it was just kind of... He just didn't look... Yeah. Like but this show's made. If someone offers you a role in Star Trek, you take that shit. Because the worst comes, <laughs> you, you end up getting a job for seven years, and then you get free money going on the convention circuit for the rest of your life. Yeah, Fuck everybody else. So I guess we're already... Uh, okay, we'll save Star Trek talk for later. Oh, all right. What else is going on? Right, oh, Dylan's uh, famous because she's rich now because she had a Kickstarter that got funded. Woo! I would like to point out that I am neither famous nor rich. You, this, this room right now okay. is a uh, perfect slice of the American population right now where one third of the people has ha- has had a Kickstarter. <laughs> right? Yeah, this is it. A third of the American I've population? I've seen the pie chart. <laughs> In little- it, it was actually just a pie. But yeah. <laughs> you had thoughts while looking. Uh, Dylan, Dylan was having it. I'm sure if you follow me on Twitter or anything like that, you heard uh, me kicking and screaming about it. Yeah, Dylan was having a, a, a Kickstarter that 
Yep. What just went down like two, what, two or three weeks uh, ago? Last I finished week? last week. Yeah, yeah, I got uh, successfully funded for printing of a bunch of her comic books. And now I got to put together and print three new books. Did we mention <laughs> that you're a cartoonist or anything like that? I'm and you're not a man, despite what your name looks like. No, um, you can probably tell that from my voice. Well, I don't know. That's true. <laughs> Dylan said to the shrieking. I've got man. Asperger's. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. What? No, yeah, I'm I'm a cartoonist. Uh, I spend most of my days at Periscope Studio in downtown Portland with yeah. a bunch of other nerds, uh, and that is what I do. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a lucky. I'm a lucky lady. This is an NPR shit right here. Words and pictures. Very interesting. Oh, let's do. I could do my Terry Gross impression at Go some ahead. point in this podcast. It's off. I want to the hear best part is I want something gross. I want you to pretend that you're a famous comedian for a second. Bill. Okay. You don't have to pick one. You just have to sit there silently. So, um, <laughs> dude, you've got this one great joke. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Uh, where you say, okay, why does the chicken cross the road? And then you say, I'm, I'm getting it wrong. I'm getting it wrong. She fucking does that every time. She'll sit there and explain the joke for about five minutes while this poor suffering comedian just like must want to stab themselves I, in the face. I know she's a Simpsons nerd because whenever anyone who's been on the Simpsons shows, especially she as they show creators, out. she just starts totally doing good. the thing like that. That one episode with Super Nintendo Chalmers was the best. You know, that's something like that. You yeah. can just hear her like bouncing up and down in her seat. It's strange so yeah well uh, so this part of the podcast we usually talk about just what the hell went on our week what did you guys do this week anything interesting any geeky shit any you guys see anything read anything anything interesting happen to you guys in life katie just worked katie's only worked i worked and i worked and i worked what again uh this being a perfect cross-section of america Mm -hmm. only one third of the people in this room has a real job (laughs) (laughs) a job which requires her to wake up early in the morning and come home late at night it's true. I work yeah. in an office for other people. You can't wear sandals. I cannot wear sandals. Or assless chaps to work. So yeah, no. you got a real job. I can't, I can't wait, 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 wait. Real... Because all chaps are assless. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a redundant phrase. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, I worked and it was just fine. What are, you, what are your guys' plans for this weekend? Anything interesting? Uh, I'm going to do some more working. Yeah, oh, working home? Are you do, doing work, a freelance work made for hire work. stuff? Yeah, I, I, um, I do legal work and negotiation advice for freelancers in my in my downtime. So That's cool. Are you meeting evenings. with people, or is it just kind of... Uh, I am writing contracts. I am writing many, many contracts this weekend. So oh, okay. It's like your superpower. Yeah. Writing contracts. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty... It's, it's got a kind of lame icon but no. you know I'm working on it I love it because a client will send me a thing and I'll be like great well I'm just gonna forward this to my attorney and, I'll <laughs> and I just I can, I can hear them be like whoa she has an attorney yeah <laughs> we're dealing with a professional I, I am willing to be the attorney for, for many a fine the dog cartoons we're asking her to draw <laughs> are going to be amazing I am in the process of trying to get video game companies to send me free stuff yeah because I'm, I have a podcast where over 10 people listen to it yeah and say you send me review code send me review games nice. or talk to my lawyer Ooh. Hey, and I'm uh, waiting for them to ask me who your lawyer. I'm gonna say it's Katie Lane. She's the best. There you go. She works for free for fat guys. <laughs> lawyer to the nerds. <laughs> uh, my nerdy thing that I did this week though is that Portland has a, a brewers fest. A yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's down on the river every year, and it's always the last full weekend in July, and it's always hotter than hell. Yeah. It's so much fun. You guys went last night. So we went last night um, with our friend Miriam and. 
tasted many a fine beer. Oh, is it like little microbrewery stuff or? Yeah, it's it's a lot of um, independent breweries from. Um, all it's sort the of country. everything from the Rock Bottom Brewery on down to two dudes in a basement. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds fantastic. With a business license. Yeah. <laughs> Are you gonna go back? To, did you just go last night? You're not gonna go back during the rest of the weekend because yeah, it's gonna be a really nice weekend. If you wanna go out and have a drink, taste weekend, more beer. But there's gonna be tons and tons and tons and. Some people there. It's nice to go on Thursday. Although it's it's fun people watching because there are many kilts and later hosen. Oh, because it's Portland nerdery. Uh, yeah. Monk outfits, Trappist monk outfits. Many monk outfits. Uh, Why the monk stuff? You mentioned the because monk stuff. Because there before. are uh, there are several sects of monks who um, make beer. beer. Like real monks? Yeah. Like with robes? Like they're not just dressing up as monks? No, that used to. What, okay, so historically there have yeah. been many um, monasteries, monasteries dedicated to, to brewing beer. And so these dude bros. Oh, this is news to me. Yeah. Get dressed up. They and buy a do monk costume cosplay. on the internet. Yeah. They don't realize they're cosplaying. That's what they're doing. But that's what they're doing. Yeah. They buy a monk outfit and then they go and drink beer all day long yeah. at the brewer fest. And everybody goes woo woo. That happens like once every fifteen minutes in these huge tents that just echo. Yeah, it's like if you've ever been to a stadium and people have done the wave. Yeah, exactly. It's like that only just with kind of spontaneous, like Whoa, but yeah. It, it communicates perfectly. We're not at work right now. <laughs> We're in a park drinking beer by the riverfront. That's perfect on a Thursday night too. Yeah, of all things. One of the things I like the most about it is that it's a bunch of people who I don't think they would ever associate themselves with being nerds. Acting completely nerdy. Yeah, they're dressing up in costumes. Oh, this beer is has lavender infusion <laughs> with overtones of cherry. They're being very picky about what they're it's doing. It's terminal notes. They're the like IBUs are out of yeah. the roof. Yeah, it's exactly. great. And then there's the wooing, which if I were the, if I were a brewer, I'd dress up like the characters from Breaking Bad to make a laugh out of it. I'd show up in a Winnebago with all my beer and just like, yeah, have it explode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can serve beer in a mug that's like uh, strapped to a turtle's back. Jeez. <laughs> It'll be a whole themed thing. It'll be like a little portable theme park right there. No, nobody needs a Breaking Bad experience. Yeah. It's just that your beer is that powerful. It rots teeth. You know what, Bill? If you want that teeth. experience, all you have to do is walk about 10 blocks south. I know. Beer. I think probably on this block somewhere, there's probably a meth lab. These guys are probably doing a meth lab right now in the no. basement. Yeah. No. What? No, I, they planted shit in the By these yard, guys, I'm fine. pointing to my neighbors for people that can't see me magically on a podcast, audio recording. You just don't like them because they have fun. These cookies are fucking good. I make cookies they're half baked. We should just rush. eat the cookie dough. We should have. But we should always just eat the cookie dough. Oh, oh, I have nerd news that, I, that I'm excited about. Um, I really do feel like we're having like geek minutes at a like meeting. Like We're like little <laughs> women up in the attic. <laughs> around Quantum Leap quality. Anyway, in really good <laughs> stuff news, though, uh, one of my favorite comic book artists of past years is Rachel Hartman. Uh, and she is a lovely lady who I think she has a degree in medieval history or, like, in medieval music, so she knows everything about madrigals. And uh, from what I can tell, pretty much on a lark, about ten years ago, she started doing these mini-comics uh, called Amy Unbounded. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's set in this great little fantasy world, uh, but it, the thing I liked best about it was that all the characters actually behaved like human people, and even though the main character was a little girl, 
she wasn't uh, like the messiah or anything. Yeah. It was literally just a little girl coming of age in a society that has problems, but grown ups still can be responsible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And can be loving and helpful as well as being self interested and difficult. Um, the drawing was really s- simple and charming, and just the writing was Amy really good. Amy Unbounded. Amy Unbounded. Great, great comics with a great girl character. I've maybe bought ten copies of the one trade print collection she ever did called The Londweg Blossoming. I think you can still get it online. Um, my standard gift to girls who are turning 11 is that I give them that comic book. But she totally dropped out of the comic scene. She had a kiddo and pretty much stopped drawing comic books. And then over the last few years, she was starting to write a prose novel set in that same world. Uh, it's a little bit more of a YA age mm-hmm. slant. And it is finally out and published. It is called Seraphina. Okay. Uh, S-E-R-A-P-H-I-N-A. Who's it published by? Uh, I think Random House. Oh, okay. Uh, Rachel Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, and it looks absolutely wonderful, and yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait to read it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you know any people who are interested in really smart, really good world-building fantasy, it's prose. Oh, so it's black, black and, white. and white. Yeah. Oh, it's, I see what you did yeah, there. There, there aren't pictures. Not even on the cover. There are pictures on the cover. Yes. Okay. Well, then you go. At least it's kind of like a comic book. Yes. But this is all about the conflict between the dragons and the humans. But she does dragons in a way that is very un oh. Anne McCaffrey. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to read it. Yeah. I'm so glad that she's publishing again. Uh, what did you guys think of The Dark Knight Rises? I'm haven't, sure you guys have seen, seen it a couple it. times over. Didn't see it. Oh my god, what'd you guys think of Brave? Haven't seen it. Haven't Do seen you it. have the correct opinion about Prometheus? I don't like it. Oh my fucking I haven't yes, seen there it. you go. I you haven't guys seen are... it, but I know I'm not supposed to yes! like it. Yes! I'm horrible. I don't. I haven't gotten the movie. Oh my since god, yeah. I went to the Avengers. It was, the Avengers it was delightful. Yeah. yeah. No, so Avengers is the best movie was, I've seen all year so far. That was the last movie I went to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, there's nothing. I don't remember. Our problem is that we like working. <laughs> I can't go to comic book movies. I'm too busy making comic books. Ooh. That sounded really sanctimonious. It, it was. That's why it sounded that way. <laughs> and you can't go see movies about contracts because you're staying at home. Because well, they would be the most boring movies Technically, ever. Lord of the Rings is kind of a movie about contracts. Is there a contract no, in a ring? <laughs> a little bit? Like you put on the ring and then you're fucked up or, by sorrow? Only if you really want to ruin the story for someone would you say it's a movie about contracts. <laughs> no, that is the ultimate cautionary tale about reading the terms and conditions. <laughs> yeah, exactly! <laughs> Because those Awful. those Nazgul really wish they'd read through all the fine print before yeah, taking the rings. Sauron's just suing the shit out of everybody until oh. he's going to control everything. He's like Disney, cease and desist letters all over the place. <laughs> the one ring is like the Master Professional Services Agreement. Wow. That is so good. That's so nerdy. One contract that is, is more nerdy than me. Did you see the thing today about the Santa Claus who got <laughs> kicked out of Disneyland? Because he was creating, he was drawing too much attention away from all the yeah, uh, real costume characters. I totally believe it, though. Yeah, uh, 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 Steve Wolfhart was talking about how he bumped into this guy. Like, oh, uh, where the that's hell right, you in Atlanta, this guy? he was. But yeah, so I guess in Florida, there's this guy who dresses. Up, I don't know if it's in Florida, but he was vacationing at Disney World mm-hmm. in Florida, and it's this big fat guy with a big gray beard who already looks like Santa. And so I guess he decides to do the whole it's thing where stick, yeah. whenever he goes out in public, he dresses kind of like well, not exactly like Santa Claus with the red suit, but he makes himself look like Santa Claus on vacation. So I guess when he went to Disney World, it was 
big red beard, but with like a Santa Claus shirt with like a shirt with like a bunch of little Santa Clauses saying Happy Merry Christmas and stuff on it. Uh-huh. And like, but like, you know, he had like khaki right. shorts and, 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 and little booties he's, and stuff like he's that. looking like a fat man so, with a white beard. Yeah, according to all these little kids running around, they're like, oh my God, he's not saying anything. He's just walking around kind of looking like Santa Claus on vacation. These kids are like, oh my God, Santa, we caught you on vacation. And so he's signing autographs and stuff for people, and Disney got pissed off and kicked him out because, yeah. Well, they control how everything yeah. looks and feels. It is a very controlled environment. No, from their point of view, I can see why they booted this. Is. Well, and Dylan pointed out, they actually kick out, if you show up in a Disney-ish costume that's mm-hmm. too good, they'll boot you out, too, because people think you're an actual mm-hmm. employee of the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just recently allowed um, guys who work for Disney to start growing mustaches. They can't go to the full beard yet. Yeah. Well, presumably, if, if they're depicting characters who are bearded. Well, if you're like Jack Sparrow or something like that, yeah, I'm sure that's okay. I really want to... Re- apparently, one of the Jack Sparrow... You wrote a book. Yeah, yeah. one of the guys who was hired to walk list, around yeah. this Jack Sparrow, and he had been Jack Sparrow at Comic-Con and like for fun on his own, yeah. and then he was like, hell with that, I'm going to get paid for this. So he actually became a Jack Sparrow at Disneyland. Apparently he had a this thing. Is the about, best word, apparently yeah. he had a thing about dating uh, all the ladies who played Ariel from The Little <laughs> Mermaid. Totally, yeah. Like he he just pl- just sort of plowed <laughs> through a long series of Ariels. But he wrote this expose about his experience. God, I really want to read it. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that's yeah, that's got to be fantastic. Well, I saw this other thing too, where this uh, red haired girl she got famous like on Reddit or something like that for she uh, did some cosplay. She took some pictures of it yeah. of herself dressed as the red headed chick from Brave, the mo- movie that just oh, came yeah. out. She's got the naturally curly hair. She's got that hair. That she looks like that character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she posted photos of herself going to Disneyland and meeting the lady who's playing that character at the park, oh, cool. who's got like the fake red wig trying to do yeah, the yeah, same yeah. thing. And the, like, was a picture of this girl and her little sister who has the same kind of hair too, yeah. meeting the fake brave chick. And then all kind of like, hair, going, oh! by the way, internet. Yeah, it's yeah. A, you had that. If you grew it out, if you grew it out, would it turn into brave hair? Because it's curly enough. No, it can't just go straight out forever. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it does. In fact, when I grow my hair out really? it's it's just an afro. I mean, we were looking at your old uh, high school photos mm-hmm. like a couple weeks ago, but yeah, no, it's. I'm it's, saying if you just really that. just kind of let it go for maybe two years. No, it's no, a nimbus. No, you don't understand. It's still no, really. Those, it's those gravity pictures, defying. The pictures that you saw where it is an afro, where um, I, so in my in, <laughs> like, in my know. sixth grade photo in the yearbook. My hair touches three of the four sides of the photo <laughs> and extends beyond. Aww. It's like, you know, soap bubble formations? Yeah. You know how they just kind yeah, of expand was, outwards? Hair. It's Katie's hair is the soap bubble but formation. I was growing my hair out for like four years when it looked like that. And it yeah. just, and everybody always said the same thing. Oh, it'll, it'll be, oh, yeah. be so pretty. You'll be such a pretty little princess. Yeah. Really? How is this for a segue? You had hair that looked like that when you went to space camp. It's true. Yeah. I, did. I had hair that looked That's like right. that when I went to space camp with the my temple shaved because I was. That I was, was a pretty I was incredible rock and look. roll. You were trying to be metal. I was rock and roll with my pink fanny pack <laughs> at space camp. <laughs> In your, this, teal, like, in your teal sweatshirt. Was this like 1988 so or something cool. like that? or? Uh, no, it was the early 90s. Oh, okay, so yeah. So it was probably 91 or 92. Oh, okay. And yeah. um, uh, I went over with my science class from Hawaii. And this and is so, in Huntsville, right? Yeah, it's Space Camp's in Huntsville. Yeah. Um, but we were in Hawaii at the time, and so we spent like forever selling pizzas and doing car washes yeah. and all that stuff to raise the money to go. And then when we... And then... Everybody on, on the Hawaii trip uh, had these teal sweatshirts yeah. that had Space Camp. You like, still fit in that sweatshirt. I do. I've seen it. Aww. And I have all my patches from, from Space Camp all over. 
What yeah. I love is that everybody's reaction to hearing that you went to space camp is, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> but the weirdest thing about space camp was showing up and being from Hawaii, yeah. and the stupid freaking questions we got. Yeah. People were like, how'd you get here? <laughs> and I, I had been prepared for this, so I started spreading the rumor amongst the group that we were all to say that we had driven there. And when we, when we were pressed <laughs> about Total straight how, faces, yeah. yeah. And when we were pressed about how we had driven there, we were to explain that, oh, they hadn't heard there was a, there was a new freeway system that was a bridge that was built between Los Angeles and Honolulu. And if anybody was to ask questions like, well, how'd you go to the bathroom or get gas or get food? There are these rest stops that are additional islands well, set aside. Exactly. <laughs> and I got... You know, I got were, like these other, was, were these just other kids asking me. these questions, or was yeah. it adults, too? Well, there were some adults. Because I did see the kids, you know. There were some adults that were asking some stupid questions. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of 7th and 8th graders. Um, so you have, you have a bunch of really smart kids from Hawaii going to fuck with stupid people from Alabama. <laughs> well, we had people, no, well, no, because they're all, from I all over the country. I love people from Alabama. Isn't Kip from Alabama? Did Kip ever ask you how you drove from, uh... Kip's from South Carolina. Kip, like Katie, is oh, technically from thing. everywhere. Yes. Yeah. But, um... No, there are ki- kids from all over the country. But oh, we had okay, questions yeah. like, if we had ever had rice before. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I like to think that some of those, one of those kids is intellectually incurious enough <laughs> that, that, that they he, still that he believe. still is like, well, I was thinking of going to vacation in Hawaii, just drive out there. Yeah, like, know? and then somebody's like, meeting you uh, when they were 12 was their source on Hawaii information. You know, yeah. Patrick, it doesn't work that way <laughs> or something. I yeah. yeah. It was it was pretty great though. So was summer oh space camp was it all summer long? Was it just like a month or something? No, it was a I think we must have gone for like spring break or something cuz it's okay. a week. Oh, okay. And there was week, another yeah. week that we spent It lasts um, exactly as long as one asthma inhaler. Last. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And we had to we had to turn in cuz I had my asthma inhaler cuz oh. I did you have a retainer. Oh my god. Too. I did not have a retainer. You had to have at least one of the two to be admitted to space. You did. Camp. <laughs> you had to you had to turn over your drugs to the <laughs> to the, the pharmacy yeah. and then you li- there was a little line of kids early in the morning waiting to get like their pills or their asthma inhalers oh, like a Simpsons cartoon it was yeah. really freaking sad oh my god oh, but cute did you do the whole thing where you're training for a specific like uh, shuttle mission and all that stuff or? yeah so they train you see all I know about Space Camp is I know from the uh, uh, the movie right and then you end up on the shuttle and you're in space and it's awesome Max in space yeah exactly um, yeah no, they train you for two different missions, and so you have two you have jobs during each mission. So I did I was in um, uh, mission control, okay. and then I was also on the space station doing doing experiments to discover things. Aww. Yeah. to discover things. I liked mission control better because um, there was an actual script we had to follow. You had to be bossier. Too. Well, there's yeah. Depending on your role, but I it was, was more I structured. Was yeah. it, it was more structured, but there was a script you had to follow, so it was a little bit like acting. Yeah. Whereas being on the oh, space station, you're like, a theater kid too. Yeah. You just did your thing, and then Mission Control would call like once or twice and be like, "Have you found anything?" And you'd report <laughs> back and be like, "No." <laughs> and a science like, experiment that you're supposed to be doing anything, or are you just kind of pretending like I don't know. Just... I mean, it's a science experiment, yeah. but it's not like. It's it's not anything difficult. Or You're not astounding. trying to find the god particle up yeah. in the space station, or anything they like might that. Yeah. throw throw something at you. Klingons are not going to suddenly show up and try to steal your data no. to build a bomb to blow no up the sun. No matter how much you wish it would happen. <laughs> but they they train you for these two things, and during the rest of the week, um, so there are classes and lectures on what you're supposed to 
do and how all the different so parts awesome. work together. But then you get to do it. The best part is you get to do all the training. So um, there was this huge pool where we went down and we did um, training, like underwater training. Mm-hmm. So like, like zero G stuff. Yeah. And, and, and then there's this. Um, did you guys get in, in like in, in space suits for that, or was it just kind of like no, you're trying to bait- handle tools and you're stuff in underwater? Your suit, oh, okay. I don't know if there was something kind of like yeah, and, you know, trying not to drop them to the very, very bottom. <laughs> That's when the adults have to jump in and actually fish it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Aww. So there's there was the pool. There was this cool little ball that was like in a pneumatic tube almost, mm-hmm. but you the ball is up. big enough for like one person to sit in it. So they would put you in it and they would strap you in and then they would they would they would puff air up so the ball uh, went fairly high in the yeah. tube, and then they would let it go. And so you had free fall for two seconds, so, but you're weightless for like yeah. half a second. Wow. And that was cool. I did that one over and the over. The horrible over thing, though, is uh, the, the girl gymnastics next door come over and take the ball <laughs> while you're Shut still in up. it and start rolling around with it and <laughs> fuck with the space camp kids. You, many people don't know this, but they're, uh, the astronauts who landed on the moon did, in fact, do ribbon dancing. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> well, for because flexibility, for zero everybody G. Everybody knows that it's creepy. That was an important part of uh, lesser gravity training and to show the Soviets who was boss. <laughs> Look, we got the space, and we can just waste our time doing ribbon dancing. Doing ribbon dancing, playing with balls. <laughs> I got I got to do one thing like that at the Pacific Science Center in Seattle, where I grew up. Yeah, where they have they have a little space space mission educational center there, and so you get to do half the mission in mission control, and then half of it on the the simulated space shuttle. Mm-hmm. And it was missions. So you had a little badge, and if it changed color, you got radiation poisoning. Oh, that's cool. It was hardcore. I believe that I was working communications or the data station because of maximum bossiness. Uh-huh. Uh, it was it was a really cool experience. <laughs> so it was really neat. Yeah, I loved all that stuff. And when I was in middle school, that was um, there's been all this stuff about Sally Ride and the attention that she brought to educating young women and getting you know, kids interested in math and science. Yeah. And I remember when I was in middle school, there were tons of programs. Science fair was really big, but, like, when you went to science fair, um, it, there were all these different types of prizes that you could you could get. Mm-hmm. And so one of the one of the things that I got was, uh, it was, like, a women in science cer- certificate that allowed me to go to this whole weekend of all these lady scientists coming and talking to us about the different careers you could have and the things you could do and then we did science experiments together and it was awesome it was just i remember there being a lot more a lot i don't know a lot more programs or a lot more extracurricular stuff see when i was when i was was a kid growing up in pittsburgh there was no money for anything like that so i pretty much had space camp the movie and me hugging the tv when it was on and And that was really only we had museum yeah that's true yeah but just saying we were probably there at the same time yeah but aside from that like yeah yeah not much science stuff like i like even when i went to middle school that was more of a history uh classical education place but there was never any money well we spent high school at an art well that's the other thing i went to the stupidest possible high school Here's your math class. How, how many beans are in this <laughs> jar? I love my high school. It was for the Creative Performing Arts, Kappa. And it was a great school for the artistic half. But yeah, the intellectual half was completely bankrupt because they had to make everything as easy as possible so they didn't have to kick out all the artists out of the school. Chemistry class is like how to make a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing that, that 
that like upsets me so much as an adult is realizing how interconnected everything is Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't have to be taught in such a now you're in chemistry now you're in algebra now you know yeah you're in art because they all complement each other and they all figure in on how you're going to do it and yes when i was in high you know in high school and middle school my math teacher would say one day you'll use this Mm -hmm. but they never talked about it in terms that mattered to me and that's why you're not an astronaut oh my it's true it's because somebody else fucked up (laughs) if they if columbia had blown up spatial program would be going on for a couple more years it'd still be more of a chance for you to sneak in for all of us to sneak in just under the line right before they cancel no i was i was thinking about it i was in france when the columbia well yeah 2003 man that was almost Mm -hmm. 10 years ago Jesus. Really? Yeah. Well, and I remembered. I remembered when I first arrived. Were you over the? Was it the summertime? I can't remember. I, I was there in the spring. Yeah. yeah. So it was semester abroad. But I remember when I got to Paris for the first time, I was just totally jet lagged, out of my tiny little brain. I was alone. Yeah. I had a night layover before I met up with the other kids who were in my abroad program. And I get into the Charlotte de Gaulle airport, and I just, my French completely escapes my brain. I can't remember how to, the French word for shuttle, like airport shuttle. And then finally, a nice person working at the airport takes pity on me and, and said, oh, c'est, c'est la navette, or I can't remember if it's navette or vedette. But, uh, so I was like, yes, that one, that thing. And then, lo and behold, two months later, that word starts, I start hearing oh, it yeah. in the news around me, walking around mm-hmm. Paris. And I gradually figure out that, oh, my God, the space shuttle has exploded. It was very, it was very surreal. Mm-hmm. The Concorde didn't blow up while you were there, was it? Yeah. No, that, that actually ago. blew up uh, the day I flew out of Paris to come back home. Holy shit. I had spent five weeks. This is Katie talking about yeah. it. Yeah. I had spent five weeks traveling around Europe by myself, and I was scheduled to come home, and I was flying standby, and it was a Air France Concorde um, that blew up. Yeah. And... Um, I was flying out of Charles de Gaulle that day. Wee! Everybody that was waiting for me back home knew that I was flying Air France, but that was about all they they knew. I mean, ideal, realistically, Which, they should have not known you weren't flying on the goddamn exactly. Concorde. Exactly. But, I, but like, yeah. I, I got, I got, oh my gosh. I got to LA, you know, tens of billions of hours later. And Did you guys hear about that on the way? As if you no, just... No, I didn't hear you about it until like, I got there. Oh, until you got there. Okay. Right, exactly. Because like, that's some news no. to hear if you're flying midair on an Air France. Like, oh, P.S. So the Air France thing blew but up it, today. Uh-huh. I mean, it yeah. literally blew up about 45 minutes after we took off. Wow. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. Exciting stories all around. <laughs> the de- air travel. The slow, agonizing death of manned space flight. Once I was on an airplane, my ears popped. <laughs> but felt good because yes. it, it was it was like orgasm in my ears. It's like someone wow. put like a uh, jiffy pop in my ears. I was like, oh yeah, thank you so much. Wow. So Phil, how did you get into like learning about the space program? Man, space is the closest thing you know because I was a geek as a kid. Pretty much the same way anyone else does. Yeah. This is the closest thing to like Star Wars. It was mm-hmm. space stuff. Man, it's still meaning that you, you know what I just realized for the first time that because the spatial program is now dead, that means space. I would assume that space camp is over now. Maybe they close that down. Because what are they going to be training kids for or trying to get them interested? Hey, hey, the space program will probably be back in some form by the oh, time no. those kids are of legal age. Well, and, and well, that's NASA true, too. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I but, would... like, I know a lot of that was kind of specifically geared toward the space shuttle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the at least even if now. it continues, it's going to have to. But there's no specific space program set up for any kind of specific. I mean, there's vague overtures about how we're going to go to Mars some days, but there's nothing specific that, yeah. like, you could, like, kind of rebuild space camp around in any kind of practical way. Unless you just want to make it a museum for 
here's how people train for this dead thing now that no longer exists. Well, yeah. and I'd like to note that while everybody is super bummed about the manned spaceflight programs kind of It'll come take, back. It's like Star a Trek. Break. It'll come back. Well, but the, uh, there's so much exciting space exploration stuff going on that doesn't involve tender human bodies being flung at great <laughs> yeah. expense into the outer but reaches. Like, it, it engages the imagination and the passion very forcibly, but then, yeah. you know, I look at all the stuff they're doing with deep space telescopes and uh, there's so much cool stuff going on and it lacks maybe the immediate romance of Oh my God! Some dude from Tallahassee is in yeah. stable Earth orbit, but it's still—it's yeah. one. It's, of the, I, I feel very torn about it because I feel like I, maybe it's better to move those resources to aspects of space exploration that are less immediately risky to human life, but potentially have bigger payoffs in terms of what can be learned. Yeah, because we can still chart parts of the galaxy or part of the the you know star systems and stuff like that with math. I mean, that's well, that's why it's not that sexy to hear about, like, oh, we think we found another planet because of math. We forgot how gravity <laughs> suggests. Well, the we can't they've... see it, but we think there's pretty sure there's a planet of this size over here. But that's still because that's awesome. cool, but it's hard to, like, get the average person to think, oh, that's one of my tax dollars going Well, to you're not going to send math. an astronaut to the Andromeda galaxy. Well, a lot but... of people don't even understand. Well, that's the other thing. People don't understand that. Like, they're like, well, we'll just go to Mars. Well, what is this? Yeah. But why does it have to cost so much? Even that, You know, it's kind of the weird thing they expected but, to happen. Like, but part people, of it is that... But people want a really fast airplane. <laughs> the tender human <laughs> bodies be... that need oxygen and heat and food and plumbing and you know, it's just. Yeah. It's, I, I, you have to wonder what kind of political situation is going to have to happen that will free up the money to like actually cause a manned mission to Mars that actually can happen in the next. Maybe China decades. will start doing stuff, and the there could state, be, and the states be. will freak out. It, it could just boil down <laughs> to that. I think yeah. it's going to be a combination of, of things like that, governments that we don't quite trust doing more space exploration, just another than we Cold are, War kind of thing, yeah, and um, private industry coming into the into the fold and, and starting to play more of a role yeah. because I mean like the it, Mark Zuckerberg first man on Mars well they're, they're making fun of uh, what is Bronson Branson the Virgin Richard Branson yeah. Richard yeah. Branson who's doing the, the fly into space on my million dollar machine did that actually did that actually happen yet it hasn't happened yet but, but yeah. they're already the they're already give, issuing tickets it's, it's planned and yeah. it, it will likely happen and you know Likely, other things will happen. It, the private industry will find a way to continue um, exploring, yeah. and then our government will be like, "Hey, we shouldn't have stopped that." Yeah, we should so get good. some of that money a little bit. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. In the meantime, uh, all the telescope results about new planets and stuff is plenty exciting for me. Oh yeah, but yeah, and for, fortunately, you're plus in the nobody dies. Yeah, we just well, need we need more Neil deGrasse Tyson's than we need Neil Armstrong's. Is that what you're saying? Maybe so. Well, I, I was born in 83, so I was too young to really remember the Challenger disaster. Mm, yeah. And you so, were really around for when the space shuttle, like, in the 80s was like, the it shit. was the shit. No, it I was, was the fuck. That was, was the future small. of America. That I, was like... Yeah. It was like, everybody wanted to grow up and be an astronaut. Yeah. I wanted to be an astronaut. I mean, Sally, Sally, right? I've been amazed by how overcome with emotion I've been. Mm-hmm. In learning about her death and reading her obituary she and remembering all the things that she had done, no, yeah, they had, she hadn't been public about it, but, yeah. but I, I, I mean, just remembering how important it was that the the shuttle program was going on. Well, the terrible thing is that like she was she she really had fallen out of the public eye ever since she'd you know done her flights, and the fact that I hadn't even thought about Sally Ride since the last time she was probably on a shuttle. And to, like from from the moment she was on a shuttle to when she was dead, 
that's a bitch. That's a bummer. That shouldn't have happened. Oh, and she, I was a shuttle nerd. She and did. I didn't she even know still, that she was she around. running a foundation. Oh, I know, but that's still. All about science education. I feel disappointed in myself. There you kind of go. not keeping track of. <laughs> I'm saying it's her fault for saying, hey, Phil, remember me? I'm not feeling too well. You get a phone call from Sally Ride. <laughs> she, um, but yeah. She, had a, she was at, I went to UC San Diego for college, and she, mm-hmm. um, she was at UCSD for years and years and years and had a program set up that some of my friends participated in um, because they found out about it and they were like, I'm on that shit. Yeah. That was basically a mission control room set up in, at UCSD that would participate in um, different missions that were going on. Mm-hmm. So they were they were a satellite mission control area okay. operate, you know, taking care of the lesser important tasks. But yeah, they would go and wait for data to come in on different missions. Oh, man. I yeah. also feel compelled to point out that the library at UCSD is, in fact, a prominent building yeah. on the Klingon homeworld. It is. It is actually what they based the Klingon homeworld buildings off of. Yeah. yeah is, it kinda like, <laughs> is it kind of like a ziggurat kind of thing or something? Or like, like a trapezoidal? If you pull up a picture yeah. of, if you type in UCSD library yeah. and you see it a is... picture, you'll be like, oh! Oh! Klingon homeworld. And it's it's named after Galron has his apartments on the third floor. <laughs> it's named after Dr. Seuss as well, so you know. Oh, but yeah, it was they used the they used the images uh, the basis for the the computer. That's the Geisel, right? The Geisel. Oh, that thing. Yep, that one. What the fuck? Looks like a spaceship. That does look okay. That I've never seen that. But before. at night, when it's lit up, it's oh, totally freaking cool. I've never heard of that. But yeah, no, Sally read the fact that, yeah, she kind of fell out of the public eye for so long. It was just kind of, at least at the general public eye. Mm-hmm. Not to say she wasn't doing anything or engineering, you know, but it's still kind of... I didn't realize how much she... Because she, she sat on the um, the task force that reviewed um, the Columbia disaster and the Challenger disaster. She oh. was the only person to sit on both. Wow. Jesus, no. um, That's a heavy, heavy job yeah. right there. And um, she had also sat on task force to talk about, like, what... What should NASA's next priority be? Yeah. That sort of that you know where do we go exploring now? And they had really argued for um, setting up a permanent space on the moon and putting Mars off because by being in one place you could do more experiments and you could gain more knowledge. Yeah, rather and than it, spreading and resources to, around. Yeah, yeah. it would also potentially be a foothold. Yeah, on the exactly. Mars, sort of like Hawaii is yeah. for the United States. When you're driving a, a over the, to conquering the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> but it, it's, a, it's a foothold for conquering the Pacific, exactly. basically. The same with the moon. But I thought, interesting. Man, if they had taken... Who knows? If, if we had... If we had taken that task force up on the on the idea and uh, yeah. really invested in a moon base, I am sure we would still have a shuttle program because we'd need to get up there. Yeah, Honeymoon on the moon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that'll be weird because you know if we do go to Mars, that's just kind of like what do we go to Mars with? It's too far away for us to actually do anything interesting long term on Mars, at least for the next century or so. And so maybe that could that maybe that could invigorate like maybe attention towards maybe doing something more more permanent on the moon. But yeah, I don't. I really like NASA has a couple of Twitter accounts for the different satellites that are doing exploration, or, or just even like the Mars rover, uh-huh. that it, wh- yeah. whichever one that's flying to Mars right now. Yeah. It's just like I am getting closer. It's great. Yeah, yeah it beams it's, back. It's not just like rocks. Yeah. <laughs> no, right now it's like <laughs> NASA. NASA has adjusted my track directory so I don't crash into the ice, you know, or something like that. It's just kind of like yeah, it's a great little Twitter feed. They're, yeah, they're great yeah. tweets. If if you like space stuff, you should. It's nice when everyone's like bitching about like. <laughs> it's just like Rob and Kristen. No. 
But it's nice to be, you know, you're reading your Twitter feed and everyone's like, my butt hurts. <laughs> my cat is weird. My There's someone on the bus who pooped. And it's like, <laughs> Dawn over Mars. Then you get to get a tweet from the Mars rover. It's like, oh, that's a great. Okay, that, yeah, that makes life a little bit easier to get through that and day. And sometimes yeah. I'll post pictures of what the satellite is, is picking up and compared to what it saw last week. And, yeah. how, and they write it in terms of how excited the satellite is to find this I do have this kind of geeky <laughs> kind of culture they're building around some of the NASA stuff where they're great. kind of being very kind of transparent with some of the information that's coming back that's and stuff really, like that. I think I, it's smart. I'm glad to see some somebody at NASA is being very smart with trying to like get people involved even yeah, if it's totally. kind of a passive kind of goofy thing you just see on your twitter feed or something like that but yeah it's 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 been pretty yeah who, someone there is doing a good job of at least I'm sure several engaging people, people. Several well, you know people what i mean are doing there's a great so, job there's got to be a couple people <laughs> called, yeah well i don't know her name is trish katie <laughs> <laughs> oh no you know i just realized one of the other things that really got me in the space program as a kid is my uh grandfather he used to work at White Sands Missile Base in New Mexico, where they did a lot of uh, oh, rocketry yeah, yeah. stuff. And so even as a, a kid, oh yeah, well, Anne Frank Conquers the Moon Nazis essentially <laughs> takes place in White Sands, New Mexico. Um, but yeah, no, well, even growing up with like you know legend my legends of how my dad, you know, or my gra- grandfather worked with like some of the captured Nazi rocketry guys because like supposedly Whoa. they spent the little time there yeah. after World War II. My grandfather was old enough to actually be, he was actually at the White Sands Missile Base wow. at that time and stuff wow. like that, and he was actually one of the people who. Uh, again, with the with the, the uh, ch- uh, Challenger investigation, mm. he was one of the guys who they brought in because he, he was a rocketry expert, oh. and they knew maybe something was wrong with the uh, the solid rocket booster. Yeah. And supposedly he was one of the first people who co- who kind of realized like, oh, maybe it was an O ring failure. Wow. And so, that's, not to say he was the first first one, but supposedly cool, cool, supposedly he was one of the first people to start saying, yeah, this may be actually it. Because wow. yeah, at least from wow. our judgment, this this code could have been a bit huh. major problem. So yeah, anyway, so that fed into me also being being in the space shuttle stuff as a kid. Very cool. Man, no space shuttles, no more. Real. Space. At least now you can go see, like, the space shuttles at the museums around the country and stuff. And But yeah, no, Sally Red being dead, though. I had no idea she was, she, she was gay. She, uh... Yeah, she partnered for over 25 I years. I had no... Years again, back. that's something else I never heard about. Granted... She was also married to a dude, so... Oh, okay, so... But, but yeah, no, and I didn't... I, I have... So the... Her wife, partner... Um, is the chief operating officer of the Sally Red Foundation, oh. um, and they met when they were children. What? They were they were friends when they were like seven. That's cute slash weird, isn't it? Wow. Oh. I'm gonna go with cute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, it, it, not not because of the gay thing. Just because knowing the person you marry when your kid is just a little it's strange. Kind of creepy. Yeah, it's, it's just strange. You can never be pretend to be that cool around that other person because they knew you <laughs> yeah, were an idiot exactly, seven year old. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When I was a kid, shut up, honey. You know you were. <laughs> yeah. I was there. That never happened. Oh man, but space camp, man. Yeah. I don't know what the point of us talking about this is, but I did want to mention it with us. You know, talking about Star Trek and Sally Ride passing this week and. See, for for know. me, I'm growing up a little few years later than you guys Star Trek was a whole lot of my awareness of space exploration Mm -hmm. and my parents are both tremendous nerds and my mom is a math science person and my dad is a romance of the stars person (laughs) so uh, you know there was a lot of space shuttle talk and watching the news and talking about that stuff but Star Trek is such a core element to our family and just the, the, the little ritual that we always had so, so much of my brain space about what it means to be a person in the far reaches of the galaxy is Star Trek-based instead of NASA-based. Yeah. Well, and Star Trek, for me, allowed me to extend that interest and fascination sure. and say, like, all right, I know what we're doing right now, and I know what the science looks like right now, 
scientists and stuff like in in, 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 in in the science industries and stuff right now or even like you know the Apple stuff like they've yeah. admitted that the iPad was not necessarily entirely unconnected to the design of the like you know the, the little pad things on uh, Star Trek The Next Generation mm -hmm. and yeah no that shit actually affects people and, and changes how shit goes down in the real world. I remember going to the uh, National Aerospace Museum in Washington DC when I was 10 and they had the Star Trek exhibit there and I got a triple. Also astronaut strawberries. It was very fun. That Aww. was a great story. Wasn't it? <laughs> the best! Tell it again! Well, I realized another thing. This is going to be the entire... <laughs> I know, but that's an example of like how it meshed the two things it's worked true. for me. Like, you know, just... But, uh, with, with the spatial... With the Challenger explosion mm -hmm. specifically, uh, Star Trek The Next, uh, Next Generation came back at a really interesting time because it came back yeah. uh, just less than a year and a half after the Challenger explosion. Yep. And I think that was probably within the window where there was no uh, shuttle launches being mm -hmm. going on because that was about a year and a half, two years where mm -hmm. the shuttle... Uh, system, uh, the whole program was was, was docked. On pause. And so that was a nice thing to see, like, okay, well, maybe shit's fucked up right now here on Earth with our shuttle program, but 200 years from now, they're out in space. And it was kind of like, you know, it's fiction, but it's a nice sell when you're, like, when I was 11 when Star Trek Next Generation came out. It was a nice thing of, like... Yeah, like, there's still hope. There's some kind of hope. We're yeah, still exactly. gonna be... We're gonna do this. We can't it's reliably get seven people just barely out of orbit for two weeks without killing them, but at least you can maybe get uh, fit a thousand people onto a flying hotel right. for extended periods of time. So <laughs> some some reason, days, maybe, yeah. For some reason, they're gonna be decked out in leather and wood paneling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some but reason, they're gonna be wearing denim jumpsuits. There's gonna be one guy with sort of a, a hair bandana thing around his eyes. <laughs> yeah, the black great. people are gonna be all fucked up on that spaceship, but Wait, yeah. Here, here's a question. For you guys, mm -hmm. uh, so Star Trek obviously has a lot of imaginary technologies in it. You know, the faster than light travel that has no effect on time, <laughs> uh, the teleportation. Uh, although sometimes they do actually, they briefly discuss the problem where if you're teleported, you would actually be like killed every time, and then just sort yeah, of and put back together. Well, not put back together. A new you would be created on the other side. There's an is episode it, of Enterprise it? that actually pays attention, like, they actually call out, like, when the transporter was first invented, there was a big debate within the Star Trek universe of, like, is yeah. It, is, is that how Riker's twin happened? There's something There's, like, about a teleporter how, yeah. accident where he's duplicated yeah. by the teleporter. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that, so that's you know, a problem. I'm not done. I'm not going to ask my question, Bill. Oh, this is, okay. Just, just okay, keep it ahead. for later, like a mint. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So they're all the, they're the big overarching technologies, but there are a lot of those little more individual technologies that I think are are such a stop grinning at me. Are such I gotta write this down because we actually we're, we're, this this technically not the Star Trek portion of the podcast right. yet. But there are the human scale sections of <laughs> of Star Trek. Yeah, like the the pad computers uh -huh. and the replicators and just uh, communicator badges, like little things that just grease the, the skids of human existence on a daily basis. I'm interested to know which ones you guys would most like to see, or which ones have already happened. Uh, and I just want to talk about consumer goods in the Star Trek universe, and which technologies have emerged since the start of Star Trek that do not exist in the Star Trek universe. Uh, okay, so I you know, uh, Bill's Bill's gonna want us to answer this later, so okay. I'm just throwing it out there this for consideration. To think about. Yeah, we right. we got a little while to think about. In the meantime, we're gonna talk about uh, Geek Weaver and You. This is just the geeky shit that one. 
Wait, I right, thought that week. that's what Didn't we, we did, do like, it? 30 freaking minutes no! ago. No! This is the thing. Well, we can just skip it this week, too. And just actually keep on talking about Star Trek. Which would you guys prefer? No, we go for it, Bill. Just do it. It's real thing. quick. Uh, Sally Ride died. Okay, we're going to talk <laughs> about that. Check. Sorry. Uh, this is, we're actually still we're going to blow through this in five seconds go. anyway. Keep going. Uh, Peter Jackson is trying to stretch the Hobbit into the three movies. Bullshit. Bullshit. Total bullshit. Cloud Atlas trailer. Did you guys see that? I did not. Okay. Wait, they're making a movie of... Cloud Atlas. Yeah, like, oh, Twitter, Twitter was excited about this yesterday. You oh. were so far behind. I was working. Yeah. Well, no. so, it's being made by the Wachowski. It's supposed to look like 30 yeah. movies blended into one. It's supposed to be really good. I'm not going to watch the trailer until I read really? the book. Really? The Wachowski? Yeah. yeah. They got to do something. They haven't made a movie in 10 years. Okay. <laughs> well, for good reason. Okay, keep going. Uh, ET on Blu-ray on October 9th. Thoughts? Bill is the only one who cares. <laughs> you guys are like, <laughs> look at me. Chris so, and would just kind of growl at me. You guys just go. Here's my, here's my question: Are they gonna are they gonna keep the thing where the guns have been turned into walkie talkies? Nope, they uh, they're going back to guns. Spielberg has come out and uh, publicly came out and said he regrets doing any kind of special edition bullshit for any of his movies. Good for him. Good uh, for him. Indiana Jones movies they're all coming out on Blu-ray also right. this this fall. Uh, a couple years ago, they went back and digitally cleaned up a couple things in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and supposedly when that comes on Blu-ray, that's not even going to have that. Nice. Where it was just not even, like, brand new CGI effects, but, like, there was a reflection of a snake on a piece of plexiglass they put in front of Harrison Ford so his face didn't get bit off. And so they use CGI to kind of, like, get rid of that reflection on the plexiglass. Yeah. And supposedly they're not even going to leave that. They're oh, going to go back nice. to the original original It's version. nice to see the little fuck-ups. Uh, nice so, yeah, this is, this is yeah, uh, people with guns in the ET. Uh, Holly Gilliam has been blogging about pouring through her father's archives at hollygilliamblogspot.com. Holly Gilliam is the daughter of Terry Gilliam. Mm-hmm. And so I guess she's been pillaging his closet just yeah. to kind of like, oh, here's a bunch of Monty Python sketches from 40 years ago. Yeah, so, so she's just been scanning it all in? That's cool. Yeah. Um, well, here's, this really is going to take 10 seconds. Uh, okay, dude got dressed up like Santa Claus, got kicked out of Disney World. Right, check. Uh, yeah. Actually, this would have been a Dylan or, or a Patrick thing if he had been here. Uh, Mary Tam, who played the first incarnation of the Time Lady Romana on Doctor Who, died of cancer at the age of 62 this week. Oh, that's sad. I, remember, I never saw it. I've never seen any of her episodes. No, that's definitely something that would have upset Patrick, though. And uh, today, being July 27th, is the 72nd birthday of uh, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> His first cartoon came on July 22nd, 1940. 1940, I believe. What did I say? You said 22nd. Yesterday? Oh, okay. I can't speak. What Bugs Bunny, still one of the sexiest women ever cartooned. Mmm, Dylan. Yeah, you had to go see that on a recording, didn't you? I yeah. did. He is very fetching in drag. He's not I'm just, bad. I'm just going to throw that out there. He never turned bunny. me into a furry. He's a bunny. Is this your first lesbian awakening a, was Bugs he's Bunny a and Drag? He's lady when he ladies up. I think maybe that's what you're I think saying. that's Dylan, yeah. She's coming out. She might ask you to put on a bunny tail uh, uh, playboy outfit when you get you home. both. Except, no, you gotta put on, like, the big Carmen Miranda fruit bowl thing. It can't just be that, I'm like... I'm just gonna walk around eating carrots. <laughs> all around the house. Bill's gonna be like, oh, honey! With Bye. that, we're gonna take a quick break. We're not gonna say anything ever again. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Dylan. Okay, we'll be back in a second. So, what would you choose? Well, I, I maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be useful to compile a list. Or are you recording? Yeah, we can record. Oh. All right. Here. We can talk about Okay, we can come up with our list of stuff that's awesome right. Star Trek tools. All right. Awesome. Uh, Star Trek to- tools. Holodeck. Holodeck. Holodeck is awesome. Uh-huh. I like the little... Uh, hypospray? Hypospray. Oh, hypospray. Uh, so they nice. They actually have that for cats. Really? <laughs> okay. Is it the same thing? It just force through the skin? It's like Pretty the much, same thing? It sounds like a rubber band. Did they just, just use it on cats? Because cats can't scream back. Like, 
They can't sue. That's the only reason I, they use other cats because it's know. not been perfected, right? Uh, so com badges. Com badges. That'd be kind of nice. Well, although it wouldn't be ni- as nice as having like a smartphone. Com if you badges. have a holographic wristwatch smartphone thingy. Well, I com badges. How do you tell? How All do right, you, like, we're, Bill. We're just doing the list. Com badges work on a ship because I guess there's an, infra- an infrastructure. They work off the ship too, as we just saw in the most recent. But how do you know, like, hey, Larry? You just say, hey, hey, Dylan. I'm farting in bed All right, right now. All right, so that <laughs> is something we can bring up when we talk about which ones we think are most interesting. Uh, okay. The, oh, she's really being. I am. Yeah. She's, I have, it's, it's, like she's, she's, it's like she's bossy. Yeah. I'm just saying. Dylan, you're in mission control right now. Um, you tell us. I would like replicators. Food, food, replicators. Replicators would be yeah. the shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, don't replicators make poop into food? Isn't that how they work? I think they just take no. in, like general matter and then. Reach it. But what, not, what matter? That's the thing. If Where are they watch, getting all this extra matter? If you watch Voyager, <laughs> it kind of freaks me out. You were looking at a piece of Voyager fan art today that actually references the episode where they are sort of running out of juice for various things on the ship. Oh and yeah. They end up. The Janeway does the. There's coffee in that nebula. <laughs> Your Janeway impression always freaks me out in a good way. Yeah. Ugh. There's coffee in that nebula. Uh, it's like yeah. having a beehive talk at you. They discover it's a nebula that has the junk that they can. That oh, so it is a specific element. They can't just like yeah yeah I'm sure ah, okay somebody listening to this Chemistry. is yell is yelling at their computer guys according to memory alpha you can't undo fifty years of canon of right. fan canon uh, I would say that phasers no if you have phasers phasers are, are an important phasers are good for warming up rocks so you don't freeze to death in the wild but phasers like that seems like too potent of a weapon you want to have people to have easy access non, to non lethal stun guns. weapons though that'd I like be the hilarious stunning, yeah. Stun people would be stunning each other to jerk these uh, themselves <laughs> off and stuff like some people do with tasers and stuff though really yeah Jesus. oh you never heard of, yeah oh yeah. there's people yeah Anything that hurts the body, people have used right. for sexual work. Yeah. Uh, well, they obviously have implants like uh, Jordy's visor. That would be great just for science stuff. Well, then you got. Well, then you can extend that all into this medical stuff where like cancer has been true. cured. And they're like, man, I forgot the first season of Next Generation. Watching the shit on Blu-ray. Yeah. Every five minutes, it's all like, oh, I'm reading a book about this thing called the common cold people <laughs> used to have, or what is this thing called headaches. What aches of your head? You know, that's all like the stupidest thing where it's yeah. like automobiles. We are in the future. Didn't we mention that this is a couple this hundred is years in the, the future? It's like, come on, guys, um, we get it. I... Yeah, the, the visor is, is uh, you know, it's uh, the transhumanists are all over this stuff. It's augmented yeah. biology. Uh, I uh, appreciate uh, a Guinan. Black people. <laughs> I think you want more magic black you people? You mean an immortal bartender with wacky hats? Whoopi Goldberg, basically, is what I mean. That would be the you worst idea. One? Yeah. You want to be able well, to come home and what, be like, Guinan, I just don't understand. What you don't know, what you do is you tie that, in, you don't necessarily need Guinan, holographic technology, so you can have a holographic Guinan interactive in your home. Right. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd that might be the list. Piggybacking off the holodeck, I would say the, the EMH. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. medical hologram. With his or, futuristic thing that lets him roam from place to place. Right. Yeah. So he can be an individual. Yeah, the holo transmitter. Borgtidium. Also, I like being able to talk to the computer. Computer. Exactly. And, and have an do you answer, do that to your computer any now? You want question the, I want. Oh, you want the feedback from the computer? Because I can talk to this computer Actually, right now. Actually, I just yeah. want Jill Barrett's voice. Yeah. I hope cool. someone built such a great database of all of her sayings <laughs> and stuff like that. that Did we just... mention on the last Star Trek podcast that you have not only assigned Glossy... Yeah, I don't think we may have mentioned Ms. Barrett, this. ...but also you have a nearly complete set of Next Generation trading cards. Also... They do. In order, the walks on a Troy card is signed by her as well. No, it's a shame we don't have that right now to show the audience at home like this. 
But still, that is amazing. Yeah, the the framed picture of Majel Barrett because that that must have been done after the Next Generation because part of the it it's a mon- Next Generation. Yeah, it's a montage of, of all the different characters she has played. One of the characters is uh, Loxana, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, spoilers: We're talking. This is Star Trek part of the podcast. <laughs> you didn't already know. You hate yourself for been listening all this time. <laughs> so, what's your choice? Uh, if I had to pick just one of these things? Mm-hmm. One of these things for your own personal use or for it to become a part of, like, the fabric of society? If you could suddenly go into the world of Star Trek and bring this back and give it to everybody, what's what's the, what's the question here? Or just you have one of these and you get to use it you don't necessarily have to tell anybody. That's pretty tough. Because the visor... I, I asked the question... The visor because... becomes useless at that point because what are you going to do with the visor? Give it to blind people? Fuck that. But then they got to get the implants and everything. Well, we were we were at a book reading. Library uh, gets more funding if you can cure blind people. That's true. Just saying. Uh, no, we were at a reading not long ago. I think it was maybe Livewire when uh-huh. when Mike Russell, friend of the podcast, yeah. was reading a thing about his lifelong love hate relationship with Star Wars. Where uh, there's fantastic. There's an author. I think the same guy who wrote wrote Robopocalypse. Uh-huh. Uh, he just came out with a new novel that's all about uh, human body augmenting technologies, and he's yeah. like. The first people who are gonna really get to use this stuff is not rich, cool people in positions of power. It's gonna be old people and people who have physical disabilities or oh, yeah. impediments to normal physicality, and that's gonna in fact make them faster and smarter and more powerful than the rest of us. So we'll the power dynamics down, yeah. in society are gonna be overturned, which was a really, a really fun, interesting premise. I'm not, I can't remember the title. Of the but what turns the tide in our favor for a healthy? awesome people like us, like me, mm-hmm. is uh, the people who do the ribbon dancing get augmented. <laughs> that the shows ribbon up. dancing! I hate the ribbon they dancing so much. They can dance so, so much, much faster! I, like, can... I actually really like the Summer Olympics. We don't have a television anymore, so I'm not going to watch any of it. But... What happened to your TV? Well, well, it's mean... still there. It just doesn't get anything. Yeah, just don't do anything with it. Yeah. It doesn't get anything. It gets Netflix it, and Murder, Which she mostly means Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. <laughs> but... Just a fucking ribbon dance. I would watch the equestrian yeah. presentation before I will I tape it. Dancing. I will spend the next 17 days taping this stuff for you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, back to the question. <laughs> um, it's in London. You love English shit. I do. I should be there right now. If the monarchy were actually Ryan, involved. why aren't I there right now? <laughs> Ryan McCluskey, you son of a bitch. Uh, uh, I'm glad he's having a good time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I uh, react very poorly to blood draws. I turn pale and fall over and then the nurses get extremely worried about me and I have to lie on the mattress and stick my legs above my head for five minutes while they... Oh, that's right, because you're tiny. You barely have any blood anyway. I am 15 pounds underweight for giving to the Red Cross. If I see one of those trucks, I cross the street. Um, So I really would not mind non-invasive medical technology. I would not mind the... Like, I don't have as big a problem getting shots, but if the... Is this combination of hypospray and, like... The things that they always wave on people's heads to fix, like your cape got caved in. Combination those two, yeah. yeah that's it's like, oh, bad. you have a scar. Let me fix that for you. Uh, yeah, I would be a big fan of that stuff. Just personally, in my life, because I would really like to not fall over like a dead person every time they need to draw my blood for something. Well, hypersprays, you can just inject more blood into you without you feeling it. Just <laughs> right. give me, give me fifteen full of blood. My impression of the hypersprays is that it can also. You know, take a sample or something. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'd be a big fan of the. I thought it's fucking replicators up the ass. Inter- I remember reading that uh, in part. What well, transporters not that on that list? Let me finish my sentence. No, I'm counting that as one of the mega technologies that uh, is more about show premise than it oh, is okay, about yeah. daily life. Yeah. Uh, originally, the the hypo spray in the in the first Star Trek series 
they decided on having it be uh, placed on the neck because they tried to think of the place in their body where they would least want to get a shot. Oh, and the neck would be the most like the neck. Idea. The neck was the thing where they were like, "Oh my god, if I had to get a shot in my <laughs> neck, I would freak out." So let's have it go there just to show how completely not a problem this is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it helps with their major blood vessels. So if you want to say, yeah. "Oh, I just oh, yeah, knocked it's not somebody a bad idea, out," yeah, it makes sense. But at the same time, they they just wanted to emphasize that everybody's like, "Yeah, sure, give me a shot in my jugular. Cool." Yeah. Well, the best part about it too, if you don't, if you no one's sick, you could just also use it as a, as a pet mister. If the cat's acting up, yeah. you want the cat get off the goddamn furniture. You know, yeah, just yeah, get yeah. the fuck out of there. <laughs> Have some a- anti-AIDS vaccine. Get the fuck out of there. Oh, I gotta refill this thing again with more anti-cancer yeah. vaccine. I've always been fascinated that there aren't more stories about drug addiction in Star Trek. Why? Why am I confused about that? It's Star Trek. It's a happy, shiny world. But well, has there ever been drugs? But with ease of ease of injection, that sort of thing, you think yeah. there'd be a lot more like abuse? It's because well, with the Germans, are they sort of? They were genetically the... engineered to have a need for a chemical by you know, it's like right. they're it's like they're all diabetic or but something. It's, it's the Star Trek way it's, of dealing with addiction. But it's not recreational. Oh, they actually abuse. do there is in Star Trek Enterprise there is kind of a drug addiction okay. kind of thing going on a little bit, yeah, for really? the main characters for for actually like two seasons, yeah. Really? Where? That becomes a thing. I have. I just can't remember. Uh, to Paul, the Vulcan chick, she gets addicted to some kind of like anti-radiation medicine, oh, and that basically, yeah, it becomes a oh, thing where it starts poisoning her, but she can't stop taking it, huh. and it actually ends up robbing her of all of her Vulcan control of her emotions. That, so she's kind of rendered. Like, it seems an old like human everything being. that happens to a Vulcan robs them of their Vulcan emotions. Yeah, exactly. It never yeah. like makes them more chilled out. And then they was gonna find out she was like half Romulan or something like that, but then the show got canceled before that. But anyway, so but there was a drug thing. Are eventually. there any full-blooded Vulcans anywhere? No, they're not. They're not fucking. They're too. They're too uh, stayed to be all like, oh, let's fuck, honey. No, so Vulcan is actually just out. populated by Polish guys. How many condoms do you think got destroyed when Vulcan got blown up in the Star Trek movie? Oh, not it many. Still makes me mad. Anyway, okay, uh, gang, your choices for yeah, replicator for personal thing, not replicator for you. So imagine so. all the ridiculous shit I could replicate, just like a big pile of like rubber dog poop, and just fill up a whole room. Just leave it on, like. Computer, replicate all the rubber dog poop and just leave the room and come back a week later and see what happens when I open the door. Explodes and like bursts out. Actually, the windows in the Enterprise just burst out that. Yeah. So, Derek, Kurt, Kim, and Les McLean do a comic together called Tune and it's online yeah. at tunecomic.com. I didn't realize you did that with Les McLean. Yeah, Les okay. McLean is, uh, at, at least last time I checked, is doing the art for it. But there's a whole section where the character talks about how dangerous it would be to actually have a replicator because he's like, I'd weigh 900 pounds in yeah. two months if it could just like, if it knew automatically what I wanted, what would taste best for me, and I could just have it instantly anytime I wanted. Yeah. Well, then if you want to lose weight, you could just have it replicate like some heroin. <laughs> you just start taking that, too. I mean, you can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well. Katie, what are you I, doing I, with your phone? Well, it's my tricorder. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I should put the tricorder on here. Which is what tricorder I Tricorder would, would be nice. If, if, if I could have anything, this that's what it would be. Now, so you would like want you would want the you would want the science tricorder, not the medical tricorder. Right, medical tricorder, you could fuck up medicine. My like mom, one medical tricorder, you could fuck up like the medical industry though. If you could be like, hey, you have cancer, you, you you're know, they, have cancer in twenty years. You're they gonna... actually have there are a lot of prizes established for whoever can actually come up with that kind of body the first technology. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. My mom looked for years for a medical tricorder toy. And they're all Aww, they're all the exploratory. The joke being that uh, Dylan's mom works in a mortuary. No, she's a family practice. Oh, that's right. But she's killed a couple people. Uh, true, true story. 
there was a multiple family retreat that we went to every year when I was a kiddo, and my family always put on the skit. There was always one big talent show night, and yeah. we always did the sort of flagship skit that would be making fun of some pop culture, lovingly making fun of some pop culture thing. Generally, my dad would write it. Later on, I apprenticed with him. Jesus. I was responsible for the Flower Rangers yeah. spoof. Uh, wow. Yeah. But we did a Star Trek one one year, and I was uh, Leslie Cracker. My mom was Dr. Waverly Cracker. Wow. Uh, my was father my father was Jean Dupe Retard. <laughs> yeah, uh, there were a lot of great effects. We had a guy with a little paper cutout of the Enterprise, and they, you know, played the theme on a tape deck, and he just held it up and went, How did they not cast you? Oh, wait, yeah, that's what you said. I'm having a stroke. Yeah, I was cast as the Wesley Crusher character. And then for teleporting, we flashed the lights and threw glitter in the air. That's great. That's a good That's idea. Good. It worked yeah. really well. I like well. that a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, you do look like a Leslie, Wesley Crusher. Yeah, I, I did. I that. I was she perfectly like cast. Than Wesley no, Wesley Crusher. Crusher yeah, no, he looked a little But no, when he was, when he's like a total little kiddo at the beginning of the show, That's yeah, true. I look like girl Well, supposedly there was a, for a while they were thinking about making it a girl character. It would have been Leslie Crusher. I think huh. I think that's actually, if you look that up, I think that was going to be a thing. And then Gene Roddenberry was like, no, I want to make a boy. I, I like want to put a, a young man in a unitard. <laughs> <laughs> he wore a lot of very stylish sweaters before the unitards kicked oh, in. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, those. they're extremely structural. They might qualify as sculpture. The Cosby sweaters. We are made. No, they're not Cosby sweaters. They, like, have just weirdness. There's like out. a Atari, like, rainbow lines and yeah. shit on them. It's fucking we, ridiculous. We are made to believe that uh, Beverly knitted them for him. Whatever. Yeah. So, okay, my choice are replicators. I know, I like you can tell I'm trying to be nice because you guys are here because I said rubber dog poop is rep- replicate. You know I'd be replicating so much more fucked up shit you that would. I can't you talk would about. Be. It would be awful. Be vomit. I'm so glad it doesn't exist. <laughs> Did you hear about the BART system in San Francisco? Is yes. breaking down because all the human feces in it? I oh did my hear God. about that, yeah. What? I would be trying to do that on the Enterprise with the replicator. These are the things getting in the wow. way of oh, the, the Star homeless can't shit. The homeless guy, the, the homeless have been Locked shitting in the elevators? The elevators are breaking down in San Francisco. Oh my god. Yeah. That's terrifying. (laughs) They need to build some bathrooms. Well, but see, so, just like, I am so glad that the replicator doesn't exist so that y'all can't ask it for things. (laughs) I don't want holodecks. It's like the internet come to life. Uh, The floors would be very sticky. Oh, it'd be so disgusting. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that in Deep Space Nine, Quark basically just wants the porn. Yeah, no, it's a brothel. It's the porn holosuite. Well, he talks about some programs. He's got to send Rom up to clean up the holiday. Like, they kind of make little jokes about that. Like, yeah. (laughs) Because it would be awful. Yeah. Fantastic. Don't they have... Oh, there's a whole episode that's all about Quark... Oh, doesn't somebody fall in love with Kira? And yeah, it makes, so, makes a Kira Holosuite yep. program. And the, the, that's one of the cool things about how they mentioned that there are laws like established from this federation that you can't make holograms of people, living people or something, like that, without their permission or something mm-hmm. like that, so people can't, like... I did like the fact that they thought a little bit, like, what socially the whole the whole right. deck could do to like people's relationships and stuff like yeah. that. That was kind of interesting. You know, they didn't really went anywhere In Voyager, that, but, Janeway has a holodeck boyfriend. Does she? Yeah, she Ugh. she custom makes herself a a Hollywood boyfriend. That's creepy. Yeah. Just creepy. It's a hell, hell of a thing. Is that in the, the Irish bar or whatever? Yes. Yes. And at one point she removes his stubble and then decides that no, she needs to let him be himself. <laughs> his fake, they need to fake be, self. There needs to be little things about him that annoy her. Does the doctor show up and he's utterly horrified by all of this? I can't remember his reaction to it. 
I forgot the doctor made uh, Seven of Nine's outfit. Yeah. Yeah. That's just. Mm. That's the only way you can explain <laughs> away that outfit. It's like, well, the computer made it. It's holding things up. It is holding things up and out and away of, from it. You need a lot of infrastructure if you've got. That well, that's thought. one of the interesting things. The uh, the Ronald D. Moore interview that I was linking to this week on Twitter. Uh, he has an interesting point where he talks about like how crappy that outfit was because it was obviously just sexualizing the character and then if you're going to sexualize that character I was they more bothered by the fact that she was wearing stacky heels well he pointed time. out that, that that's fine if you're going to do this whole excuse that she's dressed like essentially like a na- naked woman painted, uh, spray painted silver at least go through the thing where she doesn't understand human issues with sex and so maybe yeah. she's like trying to do sex stuff that's kind of freaking everyone because you know they have to actually teach her like you can't like I don't know you could have done something interesting with that if, right. but it's the fact that like you know she's I don't know. Or she could have just been like, this is most comfortable to me. There is no extraneous fabric. Yeah. I do not understand your concern. Yeah. I'll put the link to this uh, Ronald D. Moore interview in the show notes. But yeah, it is a giant wall of text. And I guess the interview must be like a decade old because he's talking about Star Trek in the present tense. So this is before Enterprise okay, was created or anything like that. Circle, but it is like, it, it'll take you an hour to read it. But it's him just talking about uh, how pretty much where Star Trek went wrong. Like how, like he talks about this is Ronald D. Moore, the creator of Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. He started off as a writer on Star Trek: The Next Generation. He did a lot of work on Deep Space Nine and stuff. He talks about how the the, the golden age of Star Trek being the pretty much the last. Uh, how long was Next Generation on the air? Seven years. Mm-hmm. Like the last four years of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and pretty much all of Deep Space Nine. And those are kind of the golden years of Star Trek. Yep. And how yeah, he he just goes into the whole uh, Although I will, behind I will, the scenes politics of that. I will posit the the. Um, the pilot of Deep Space Nine is the worst Star Trek episode ever. Oh, so. All right, so you've decided I, before the show here we started recording. I asked people to consider what they thought to be the worst episodes of Star Trek. So you're yeah. you're gonna hold up the pilot of Deep Space Nine. The, what is what love. is time? <laughs> what is this love? love. <laughs> Although that's kind of keeping it with so much of the early like. Original series Star it does Trek stuff, really, but crawl. but not a great. Not to say it's great because I brought it back, but yeah, it is Fucking pretty. Fucking awful, but you need it. That's, that's at least the worst uh, Deep Space Nine stuff, though. The, the the hard part for me is that I can't tell somebody to watch Deep Space Nine without watching that episode because yeah, so much is established. So but you just sort of have to be like, well, you can just your teeth. skip most of whenever the Jennifer the Cisco worm. Yeah, you could almost there. skip the pilot if you skip the last episode of the whole series too, because they kind of book you got, book in. No, each other. They, there's they some stuff. The wormhole and the. Oh, that's right. Because I forgot. There's a whole revelation of spoilers if you've ever seen. It's Star- just one of those things yeah. where you have to trust that it's going to work out for you. Yeah. And that's right. what it'll do more right there, mixing the whole religious stuff yeah. with the science fiction, and you know. So, so Bill. What's up? Man, okay, so You're, I compiled my list of of bad episodes. Uh, the worst episode that I can remember of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Not the one where they turn into turtles. <laughs> that, that in Voyager, you mean? That one's. Oh, that's the worst episode of Voyager. But no, we were talking about the uh, Troy turns into a frog. Oh, the one where everybody yeah. reverts to animals they were in past yeah. generations. And, every, and like everyone turns into monkeys or something. But no, the worst episode of Next Generation <laughs> is the racist African episode. No one ever remembers this. Wow. It's on the Blu ray set that just came out. It's like the third episode of the show where the Enterprise goes to. I forget what the name of the planet or what the species is, but essentially it's a planet full of stupid African people. We're all super tribal. They don't have any high-tech stuff. They have some kind of vaccine. Uh, Starfleet means? Uh-huh. And so the like the guys running this planet are all like, ooh. They see uh, Yar, and they're like, oh, she's a beautiful woman. We must own her. 
they're just holding where they can't. <laughs> blonde her. hair and blue eyes. Yeah, and they're all kind of like kind of stupid African guys, tribal guys. And she, she would be worth twenty goats in our home village. It is like that is fucked up racist. And we it's wonder like, and we wonder why Denise Crosby left the show. Yeah. Maybe that was the episode that broke. That might have been after they filmed me. That she's like, guys, you know what? I just wanna uh, I gotta go home. Like, come back <laughs> My grandfather's Ben Crosby. I don't know. I don't deal either. Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> and I just haven't just watched that like yesterday. That's fresh in my mind. Uh, yeah, Janeway and Paris turn into salamanders on Voyager. <laughs> yeah. So Voyager, I have heard this? you told me about this episode it's before so, I even saw it. It is epically and it, bad. It was a stupid and exactly as you described it. Like, yeah, didn't they, they went, actually didn't the creators actually disavow that episode? I think they say actually basically said that yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> you see that right, Katie? No, no I haven't. Oh, really? So I, I've not seen very much. Voyager. The deal is, you know, you're not missing anything. Voyager's terrible. Yeah, well, yeah. No, it has moments, but uh, no, they on their. It has two moments. So they're stuck. in silver. Shut up. <laughs> so they're they're stuck in you know the Delta Quadrant, and they have to get back. And they decide, well, if we can figure out how to crack the warp ten barrier, yeah, we'll be able to get home so much more quickly. And they do that with one of the shuttles, but then for some reason the guy who's piloting the shuttle starts to hyper-evolve into Tom the Paris, next level yeah. of human evolution, which involves his tongue falling out, and then he turns into a salamander. This is the end. Does. This is but this also happens to Captain Janeway, and then somehow they, they teleport the two of them in salamander form down to the surface of a planet where they then have tiny salamander super future human babies, and then they get vaccinated and turn back to themselves, and then nobody ever mentions it again. <laughs> It is great. They go down on the planet, and they're like, "Oh, we found we found Paris and Janeway." And it is two like people in like little salamander outfits, just on their bellies, just like. Rrr. That's it. And they just. Yeah, that's a pretty egregiously wow. bad episode. It, it is awful. Yeah, yeah. I forgot Tom Paris's tongue falls out. Yeah, it's it's I, a horror show. I it really I have that and I love, burned into my and I love that brain. As, aside from the fact that's not how evolution works. Right? <laughs> what are you talking the about? What? Our, our best version of ourselves are fucking salamanders. That's what we're all destined to become anyway, <laughs> I know, eventually. they're like, wow, so we just become large, dumb, slimy things. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Uh, the worst episode, in my opinion, of the original series is Spock's brain. Spock's brain yeah. gets stolen. Yeah. That's all you need to know. He gets taken out of his head, but he's still walking around. They just have to put his <laughs> brain back so, they, so he can be old Spock. And there's uh, the worst end of, uh, episode of Star Trek Enterprise. There's an episode where... Uh, the captain guy, Quantum Leap, he takes his dog. He has a dog on the show. Fuck that show. <laughs> Fuck Enterprise. Last season of Enterprise was fantastic. Fourth season was great. But he has a fucking dog. He has a beagle named Porthos. Is that all you need to know about the show is that there's a Hey, he's on the tiniest ship ever in Starfleet, but they still have room to put a fucking dog on the show. I just imagine the dog, like, pooping. Yeah! On the Enterprise D, you can imagine at least the dog in there was to run around. The elevators aren't working anymore because your beagles are pooping in some kind of like mission down to like some kind of bureaucratic what's it political thing when you go to meet other people a diplomatic diplomatic movie. mission to go yeah. like meet this other alien race for the first time he the, dog, dog. the dog pisses on a tree or something like that or eats something it gets kind of a crazy virus and the dog's about to die of parasites and so the whole episode is about how uh, the captain guy the he dog. forsakes all of the other stuff for this mission just to hang out with his sick dying dog in wow. sick bay wow. and eventually the doctor drills into the dog's brain and puts it like a lizard thing into its head to replace it, like, it's phalamus gland or something like that, and the dog gets better. 
And that's the, the episode. It's just the dog got sick and then got that's better. Stupid. It's an hour of quantum leap talking to a fake stuffed dog floating <laughs> in a in a tank of water, saying, "I remember you, dog. You were the best dog." This is a Star Trek episode. <laughs> It is terrible. See, when you initially told me that the dog pees on a tree, I thought this was going to be a rehash of the Wesley Crusher episode where he, fall, he like, falls you know through what? the, the garden glass. I think, I think there's another thing where they do fuck up where the dog does pee. I think it's the dog pees on a tree in another episode that becomes the same thing where, like, I don't know if the dog gets put on trial or what. I just love the idea of sexy ladies in, like, barely half, like, outfits kind of, like, chasing this dog. I'm like, ha, 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 we're in Riser. What other planet is? Because, anyway. uh, Speaking of Riser... The worst episode of D Space Nine is Worf That's and Dax bad. go to visit yeah. Riza. Mostly because Dax's bad. swimsuit is very strange. And yeah. Well, they get to show off her spots for the first time, which that right. was they hilarious. They go all the way down. Yeah. yeah. Poor lady had to put a makeup on. I know, seriously. They're just like putting spots on her thigh at four in the morning. But um, I would argue that that episode does have a nice, we talked about this earlier, does have a nice piece of character building for Worf. Yeah. And for the the Judzia Worf relationship, because he explains, she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Like most, he of can't the, relax on Risa. Most, yeah. most of the Klingons I know are just lusty goofballs who are all about partying, and you are just such a stick in the mud. What what is your deal? And he explains that as a kid being raised on Earth, he killed another kid in a soccer match by accident, and that ever since then he's just assumed that everybody around him is fragile, and that he needs to be completely locked down and in control of himself, or somebody could get hurt. And I thought that was a very astute piece of writing in an otherwise totally stupid the episode. The episode turns into Die Hard because I think, think some kind of terrorists show up to fuck up Ryza. Right, right, right. Because well, yeah. Ryza is natural, by nature kind of like Seattle where there's a lot of rain and earthquakes as opposed to and being naked in ladies? A, uh, yeah, no. Uh, but it, it's not naturally an idyllic vacation spot, but they have weather controlled it. Oh, is and, that what it is? I can't remember. earthquake yeah. controlled it to be an ideal vacation spot. Again, I can't remember where my phone is, but <laughs> I can remember this information. <laughs> Man. I think, no, that's pretty good, though. You, 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 you've, you've hit up a lot of the... the oh, that's also the episode. Vanessa Williams shows it. Next Gen was a racist African planet. Okay, yeah. There sorry. are definitely, they're probably worst, but like, that's the hardest one to watch in mixed bad. company. Yeah. Because like, your face hurts. And just, by mixed uh, company, you mean any other human being. If, don't watch it with black friends, because you're just going to be like. <laughs> no, don't, I was saying, suggesting don't watch it with anyone. I can't really, I can't believe like LeVar, Bur- I, I think like that uh, racist uh, African planet is one of the few episodes where like. LeVar Burton doesn't doesn't show up, but I can imagine why. Can we just like, establish for the listening community that you do know that Africa is a continent, not a country? What'd I say? No, you just keep calling it the African people. That's what's in the African planet, but it, it's all like, that's what's in the people who wrote that episode may not even know that distinction, because it's like, <laughs> let's make them vaguely well, black. Like Hello, yeah, Cameroon. how are you doing? They, they appear to be of sub-Saharan It's origins. the most kind of Vegas, we're black and we're stupid kind of. And it's just, yes, man, Star yes. Trek, I love you, but what, who the hell put this episode together? It sounds awful. It's a piece of shit. Anyway. So, but you know, there are probably Star worse Trek. storytelling episodes. It. The story itself is not that remarkably bad, but it's the most uncomfortable episode to watch. Yeah, there are probably worse other actual. I don't know. Next generation. Well, but that's the that's worse. the interesting thing. Like the the next gen episode that we watched just before we started this podcast it was is terrible. Wow. Like, so it's just it bad. Was bad. <laughs> oh, it's man, the one the where like effects were dreadful. The premise was. What are you talking about? It's the one where that, that been... weird little creature like gets in everybody's mouth and then sucks on their brain and makes them superhuman. Yeah. And they have sort of evil also, and there's a lot of walking down a ramp. There's there's, there's a lot of ramp, (laughs) and then there's a lot of stop action. 
Yeah, yeah, stop motion slugs. Stop, yeah, stop motion little scorpion things. Stop. Yeah, it was really, and then a guy's head gets blown up. It was just, it doesn't make a whole thing. Yeah, but after, after, after his flesh is melted off of his face. Right, and then for some reason he glows. It's a thing. But my point was, <laughs> yes. Um, so we have all this technological advancement, but even then, all the social stuff that that we that society was struggling with at the time that the show was written yeah. is still very much present in this future world. This future world where I can go to a little hole in the wall and say, I would like key lime pie and... Oh, great. You know, yeah. And whatever the hell else I want. There still aren't women admirals. Yeah. Yeah, they're all wrinkly white dudes, which, you know, I also, I also felt like, oh, they're all supposed to be unsympathetic in the end. So it's kind of easier. You know, yeah, like, you get it. They're like the chairman of the board. Later on, the, later on, you do get Admiral Nechev. Yes, you do. You who do. everyone wants to throw away. But as, but as time goes on in yeah. the show, and as society norms it's change, it's still white dudes. At the point in time when the show is being written, you see that societal change. When Gene Roddenberry was in charge, essentially, yeah. yeah. Well, you know the whole like the the, the, the all the dudes in the skirts thing came. Oh, I, we we yes. talked about this before. There was, a, there was a dude in the skirt in the episode because they were like, "Gene, you can have ladies in skirts, but there need to be dudes in skirts too." And seriously, so fine, fine, fuck it. If that's what it takes to have ladies in skirts, I'll take dudes in skirts too. Yeah, yeah. which God bless them. That's that's that's, that's skirts, that is nineteen sixties progressivism right there, man. And supposedly the Frank, you were supposed to be super sexually like fucked up. Like I remember uh, yeah, right before really horny or something. Instead of just liking the, well, the Umox. Well, supposedly, like when the Re- Gene Roddenberry first came up with the Umox. Like there was an interview with a guy who designed like the Frankie makeup, and he said his first uh, conversation with uh, Gene Roddenberry was forty-five minutes about how what the uh, Frankie's genitalia look like, yeah. and how the Frankie no. genitalia looked like a, a, a skinned fish that hung down between their legs. And Gene Roddenberry spent like twenty minutes talking about all the different sexual. Positions they had wow. in Frankie society. Wow. Just because Gene Roddenberry was a fucking nut, nut yeah, ass. Yeah, he was a weirdo. He, he was a weirdo, and he, you know, he loved sex, but he was also kind of like always kind of trying to. Oh, and then the, 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 the making of Star Trek stuff on this Blu-ray. They mentioned uh, uh, Dorothy Fontana mentions the original idea for Retarded. She was gonna have three tits. Yeah. <laughs> this is before Total Recall came out. It's like Gene Roddenberry, fucking crazy. Yeah, and then the production staff were like. No, DC Fontana was like, that's stupid. I wonder if it ultimately <laughs> got vetoed because doing cleavage for three, two pairs of like, cleavage would have been just no, too I much. Think I think it's because Dorothy Fontana was like, go to hell. Yeah, and she wound up just leaving the show less than a year anyway, but yeah, so. Gene Romberry. Best thing he ever did to Star kid. Trek was invent Star Trek and die. He's a, he's a, he's a, a kooky man, he's to a, be sure. He yeah. Has, he had some great notions there, but and yeah. But yeah, it's funny how much not the first not a flawlessly sophisticated vision. Early is. next generation is so much like the original show; it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, but that's true also of Deep Space Nine. The first season of Deep Space Nine is like Next Generation, where it's yeah. all episodic monster of the week. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first two seasons were like slash that. contrivance of the week, and yeah. then they slowly are like, oh wait, yeah, they're, we they're we can do our own we thing. Can do a story. Yeah. This is space opera. Did we we mentioned the last podcast Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. I think that's pretty much next, all. It we goes Next Generation, about. Deep Space Nine, everything else bullshit. Uh, you know, I hey, oh, you're the Voyager defender. Uh yeah, I'm I'm fond of parts of Voyager. Voyager is good. Like as, anything with uh, the Doctor and Seven of Nine are, are gold. Yeah, strangely, they have the best character relationship in the entire. The two show. non-human characters. You I know? can leave almost any other any other thing. And, and also cool because female captain finally. 
That's mm. part of what made Enterprise so frustrating for me. I was like, really? We're going back to a white guy? Yeah. And even just like a stereotypical kind of like, hey, oh, hey Boy buddy. Scout white guy. This What's even my, an interesting white this guy? This is my bagel. Yeah. Yeah, you, you basically figured that James Kirk would steal his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he ever had a girlfriend. I don't think he ever got laid. Yeah, or quantum leap in a shitty <laughs> show. What do you think the beagle was for? <laughs> oh! oh! I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, Dracula, I didn't mean it. <laughs> um, did we talk about which captain was best last time? In what way? Oh, oh, my criteria is if you had to survive, if you had to be survive seven seasons in Deep Space with one of the captains, which one would you choose? Jean-Luc. Yeah, I'm going to go with Picard. He's the most even-tempered. He seemed to be the most upset when someone would die under his command, mm-hmm. whereas Kirk didn't give a shit. Even, uh... Well, Cisco would just go fucking crazy. He would, Cisco he would do that. <laughs> there is no way. Captains, I want to see. I'm scared. Oh, you have I don't want to see your captains. Completely oh, insane. Yes. It's this, so awful. I love it. This is our endorsement. If you have Netflix streaming, oh, it is available through that. I might service. watch that watch tonight it. while editing the podcast. It's probably through Amazon. It's basically Bill Shatner just <laughs> came. I don't know. Found some money in the couch, and also he came to some personal revelation of <laughs> personal acceptance of what what Star Trek's oh. role in his life and career is. And so he basically, I assume, hunted down everybody who's played a Star Trek captain uh, helming a show, and then he proceeds to just have the most bizarre, rambling, unstructured interviews with these people, and all all of the actors who are sane sort of react to him with sort of cautious amusement, like, oh, that's Doesn't he sneak up somebody in a cardboard box? Yes. Yeah, Kate, he freaks out Kate Mulgrew by sitting by in a coming. cardboard box labeled Captain Inside. Yeah, it's all just very sweating profusely. On the sidewalk outside of her theater. I like no, Bill Shatner. For no apparent reason. Well, and then Patrick Stewart is totally game and, and speaks very seriously, and I think the two of them have some sort of nice little bond. Some sort of weird At least they've bond. worked together, they've met before. Yeah, yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. He, my favorite part, though, is when he meets uh, Scott Bakula, and, then ta- <laughs> and they start shaking hands, and Bill Shatner will not stop shaking <laughs> back his head. And you can tell that Scott Bakula at first is like, hey, hey Bill, it's great to see <laughs> It's not why stopping. You, why are you still shaking my hand? But it goes, it goes longer than you would ever expect. It's like, it's like two full I need to minutes. watch this. Uh, oh, and but, that's when he meets but Avery Brooks. The, the best part is that Avery Brooks out crazies him. He just sits at the I piano. The- Avery Brooks sits at the piano and just starts scatting. And, and then William Shatner starts scatting along with him. It's really, I mean, it is both It is both amazing from a let's laugh at William Shatner being so weird perspective, but also there's some there's some genuinely interesting things that the actors say. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's a trip. It's a trip. And it's not very long, so it's not a big commitment. No. Yeah. I'm scared. I want, I, Avery Brooks already kind of scares me a little bit. I don't oh, want to this be confirmed. He, it ra- it rounded out Avery Brooks. Makes in my him mind. It made it made Avery Brooks make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. It, yeah. If you have any illicit substances in your household, I recommend taking all of them yeah. in advance. I it was probably it, when I watched it. It'll probably that was yeah. If <laughs> you spent the whole day painting the house up in the fumes, like maybe that's yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So what? So what do we? Oh, so we're all. I can't remember. Well, we're all Picard. Then Picard. if you want to survive, at totally. least. 
If you want to yeah, go drinking, like, it's at uh, Avery Brooks. I mean, her Kira. To, uh, <laughs> to me, yeah, that's... No, to be fair to Janeway, she managed to keep most of the people on that ship alive for a very long distance. Well, Kira, evil Kira. She got a lot of people yes. killed on the way back, though. Oh, answer evil Kira. Yes, yes okay. No, I don't understand the evil Kira thing, because basically it's just... She is hot, but has a tinfoil beanie on. <laughs> she has a tinfoil uh, headband. She does spend a lot of time bathing naked in milk and she getting dressed up in skin tight leather. Yeah, she basically just like humps things and kind of slinks her. I love how in the Star Trek universe, if you're a woman and you are evil, you're, you, you're suddenly like a nympho. You're not yeah. even a lesbian. You're just you just want to fuck. Yeah, it. just everything looks good to you. Your vagina just wants to wrap itself against uh, <laughs> against that sweet everything you see. It's just like yeah. I'm still not seeing the problem. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You like Kira. It's fine. I understand. Yeah. Man, supposedly they're, they're, uh, uh, Paramount is taking the fandom's temperature to see if there's any interest in, in Star Trek Next Generation HD. That'd be the shit. Uh, HD uh, Major Kira. Oh, uh, Star Trek. Uh, Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine, Nine or whatever the hell I just said. I can't yes. remember. Yes. Yes. I, I suddenly, I just pictured Kira's, yes. Kira's butt in HD. Just like, eh. Yes. Oh, I love Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is, yeah, it's, no, it's the best. It takes a while to the end of the series. I have not. Because oh, you haven't. Well, Esri Dax is a mighty barrier. You can actually, there's only one or two episodes oh, that are that's about right. Esri Dax. Esri Dax, and then I was just and like, then she's fuck just, everything. She's just so darn flustered. Like, I never asked to have a symbiont, but. <laughs> I do appreciate they would I don't know what to do. The, the fact that she's a different character than Jadzia, it would have yeah, been interesting if they made a, her a guy so they could have had that character. kind of thing. But no, yeah. There's only she's only got well, like one or two been, character centric episodes. The other ones you can kind of just skip that's past. right. If she if she'd been uh, put into a guy, then at long last Bashir would have had some gay sex. It's true. Which we all knew he needed. They, oh man, if they put Dax inside of uh, uh, Garrick, <laughs> whoa. Bashir is just what he would have heard the news and just like wandered into a closet and just shot himself. <laughs> Not out of rage or anything like that. His conflicting <laughs> emotions would have just torn his brain apart. He would just gone. Too hard. He would just gone comatose. Then he would have woken up and been like, you know what, Garrick? I'm fine. I deal with myself. I love you. Mm. But O'Brien <laughs> is watching Single Tear. Mm. <laughs> wow, sure? we are horrible people. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I don't know. I had a couple other questions. We we could save those for uh, right, the yeah. inevitable third Star Trek quick, podcast. Oh, quick, quick, yeah. Worst hairdo in all of Star Trek. Go. Uh, God. Warp's Bob. Warp's Bob. Warp's Bob. like in the first three seasons of Star Trek, anything with Warp? Worst yeah. hairdo? You can talk about what worst civilian clothing, but then you have to actually. No, too many there's so much. Hairdos are limited. I'm talking about major character hairdos. Oh, like main cast members, yeah, not main, just like main they... cast member hairdos. Worst. How do you go? Worst hair. I mean, Riker was okay. Everyone from the original series is exempt. You know, we the occasional beehive. We did learn that uh, when in a few episodes where Deanna Troy has her giant poof. Yeah. Hair, that is the only time that is actually Marina Sirtis's hair. In the I first episode, it counted far point, which has got, got the, the poof fro with the, yeah, tinfoil. That was kind of what my hair was. They kind of yeah. give Vulcan chicken. Maybe that's why I liked her. I, I knew we were hair twins. Good sense of hello fro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vulcan chick on Enterprise gets a weird haircut after a while. She, she, you know, she starts off. She's got the short Vulcan bob, and after a while, they try to let her grow her out because they want to make her more girly. Kind of looks stupid, mm. but it's not like actively like, oh my god, what the hell's wrong with her face? Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the classic. I'm gonna say Yeoman Rand's uh, basket beehive. 
Uh, that's pretty bad. You know what? Harrius Plinkett talked about this in his review. When you see pictures of young Picard in Star Trek Nemesis, oh, when he's like 17 and he's yeah. already bald, yeah. not just a little bit bald like no. like, like Stewart is, but when he like, was he's stabbed cable. by that Nausicaan. He's got his, hair here. He that hair. that that even makes it worse. It's continuity error on top of everything else. Yeah, that drove that drove me crazy. Jeez. Nemesis was just a terrible. What about Kess? Can we just blame it on Kess? Oh, she had a haircut, but whatever. In my mind, Kess and Esri Dax are just reincarnations of the same annoying character. Uh, who's the chick on Voyager, the engineer? She had a weird haircut. She was uh, Belana Torres. Well, most of the guys had the same haircut. Yeah. And the girls were kind of like... Oh, there's like an episode where they give like Dax kind of a weird... Like, they're trying to give her like a 1940s do. It only lasts for like half an episode. Yeah. Oh, they also... At the very this first, fascinating the very conversation. first episodes of Deep Space Nine, Kira has a really terrible... Oh, oh yeah, you know what? That may and be it. Just because oh, it's so... They immediately were like, oh, oh, never yeah. mind. Yeah. She looks like a secretary Pretty or something Pretty much the like second that. Yeah. episode, they're like, oh, no. That, mm, we're going to change that? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would you... Uh, if you had to reboot Star Trek Next Generation, who would you choose to play what? Wow, like that, that, current actors? That's probably more of a thought to grow on rather yeah, than like... Yeah, that's like next episode Because people have been... Well, with like, you know, the reboot of the original series and the no, movies. No, like, no more would reboots. You... I would like original. If you had to yeah, cast see, like... that's the thing though. I would want a new story. I'm so yeah. tired of oh, no. being restarted with the I'm just saying if you had to reboot Next Generation. No one wants a reboot of Next Generation, but I'm just saying. Right. Well, that's the other thing. Like, we could talk about who you would want to be the, the creative person in charge of like if they ever brought back Star Trek, but I don't know. We could say that for a rainy day too. The people who did Slings and Arrows. There yeah. you go. I watched the first episode of that. I need to finish watching the rest. That is a fantastic That is a wonderful show. It is in its show. way kind of a Star Trek show because it's about a limited crew of people on a... I can see that. It's uh, kind of like the West Wing that way. Yeah, yeah, a difficult mission facing interesting obstacles. I'd bless Canada. Although Starfleet has better funding. Yeah. But yeah, if they ever did another Star Trek series, it'd have to be... I would want them to take another you know, 70 or 80 year leap forward. Yeah. And yeah, you want to go forward? Well, th- th- there's the rumors now that like the guys who wrote the uh, the last two Star Trek movies, the J.J. Abrams no. ones, yeah. they're coming out and saying that there's starting to be talks about there being in a, a series again. No, but not in that continuity. But like now, there's rumors it might just be a half hour long animated series, like the older original Star Trek animated series instead. And it's like no, no one wants that. Or like, no. it, or it might be just like a rebooted. TV series of the original show. Oh. And everyone's like, no, make it go forward. Make it take place after Next Generation. Do something interesting. Yeah. Like, do something original and be creative. Well, the idea... I don't, want, I don't want the same characters. Well, the idea everyone keeps on putting forward uh, would be take, have it take place God knows how many decades after Next Generation. It's kind of like a Starfleet uh, Federation decline. Mm. You know, it's kind of what's happening to America. You know, yeah. Things, you, know, oh. you have more realistic. Blur. Now the Bajorans are in charge. Dun, dun, dun. What are the Bajorans? If, if the Romulans are the Chinese. Are they the Chinese? I thought the Bajorans were supposed to be sort of space Israelis. Yeah, they kind of are. Oh, so you, that's what they're going to cause Armageddon, just like everyone suspects in oh real life or whatever? Oh my god, we're the not, anti-Zionists we're not ending a podcast no. with that. Who are the space Palestinians then? There's just the really quiet. It's not a perfect metaphor. Let's oh. not have this conversation. No. No. What are you talking about? Everyone. I don't want to get. Can we talk about transsexuals, Israelis, oh, healthcare? Was that? Was everyone think about Chick Fil A? <laughs> that's no, ladies and gentlemen. That's been our second inaugural Star Trek podcast. <laughs> 
We're just gonna keep inaugurating it over and over. Yeah, what you do is just watch Firefly just sing along with just sing the Star Trek theme song over the opening credits. Pretend that's like you know. Star Trek. Anyway, yeah, this has been Dylan McConus and Katie Lane. You guys have any interesting words of wisdom before we sign off? Not live long and prosper? I already said that. No, did you? Talked you did. over me. Uh, infinite confinations of, sim- of symptoms? What's he say? Diversity? No There's idea. a Vulcan thing where he says, like, <laughs> it's ICDK. The, I'm tired. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. You guys should totally be, like, Kirk and, the one. Kirk and Spock for Halloween. No, we're saving it for O'Brien and Bashir. Yeah. Are you guys right. going to do that this year? No. No. I want to get good costumes. You guys totally can. You guys can make out. Well, like, you can pretend to be like French or well, World War II pilots, too. Yeah. But you can just tell people that, like, secretly, we're actually, we're not just, like, lesbian World War II pilots, but we're actually, like, Bashir. Wow, that's, that that goes. That's, that's taking a, it a bit too that's far, That's a lot of levels there. Yeah. Why? Because nobody's going to, they're just going to think that we're crazy Can Josh and be Keiko O'Brien? Just travel. <laughs> <laughs> Miles! Miles! Our friend Josh, he's Asian. Specifically, it's Japanese, so it's correct casting. It's not some like race bending bullshit. Except that that's the only thing that makes sense about it. So you imagine that? Because <laughs> he's not annoying. I'm just gonna say it again. <laughs> he's not unnecessary. Josh, you have a good time just chasing he's your not hot. I have a plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we forgot to talk about uh, another terrible episode, the Molly episode. Where oh, Molly spends oh. ten years in the wilderness and then comes back and speaks baby talk. Oh, did she speak Molly baby talk? Go home. Oh, because she grows up in the time tunnel. And there's or a whole ton of Keiko in that episode. Oh, man, favorite. people like, people give uh, grief to who's the holographic character on Deep Space Nine? The singer guy. People oh, hate yeah. that character. Yeah, 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 Vic Fontaine. Fuck those people. I like again. Vic Fontaine. I don't know where my keys are, but <laughs> I know that he's Vic Fontaine. Yeah, and they have the great episode with him and. Um, Who's the Rom? When not Rom, Nog. Nog. Yeah. Nog loses his leg and he's all sad and he wants to live in the holodeck and stuff. Man, Deep Space Nine was the shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh I'm gonna I'm gonna take my Deep Space or my Star Trek Next Generation Blu-ray and just throw it away. Just go back to watching Deep Space Nine on Netflix. Watch more Star Trek. Yeah. If anyone, if you want to go online and petition the Paramount to uh, have uh, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine Blu-ray, go ahead. You have our seal of stuff endorsement. Yeah. All of my stuff is sealed. <laughs> Phil's having a stroke right now. <laughs> We've been talking for two hours. Now I'm just kind of melting. I'm sorry, America. Okay. We'll let you guys get out of here. Bye. Space. The final frontier. These are the continuing voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Your ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone.